Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly. Bow, 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 Number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Guten Tag, Mo. All right. Yeah, Guten Tag. My name is Doug und ich bin ein Supertube. <laughs> Wunderbar. <laughs> Mo, the reason I'm speaking German is not just because of uh, my own enjoyment of sp- speaking such a wonderful and uh, fully faceted language, but uh, yeah. it, it's because the the movie that we're going to be talking about today on this long-awaited episode of No Budget Nightmares, very long-awaited, really, <laughs> is Captain... The longest-awaited <laughs> It might be the It might be the longest-awaited uh, since well before our break. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about 1998's Captain Cosmotic today, Mo, and the circumstances behind this are so interesting that we're going to have to talk about it in just a little bit. This was a uh, listener request, and uh, that listener has been a uh, a very strong supporter of us generally, and they wanted us to watch this fucking movie so badly. (laughs) I got to tell you, if if I had to wait as long as they had to wait for their request that they paid for, (laughs) you know, I would have been livid and he has been nothing but gracious and you know and patient and so i i, I you know big big shout out big thanks the, the germans you know. are known for their patience and humility the, that's what i keep telling people yeah 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 <laughs> but true. he not only he not only paid money a while ago and when i say a while again three years like three years yeah but three but he also has actually put more effort into making this happen than we have in actually doing the episode <laughs> It's fucking true. <laughs> because uh, I can't remember. Are we allowed to actually name him? Um, we'll just yeah. call him by. I guess I will because I'm actually going to be re- reading some names that include him in just a second. But uh, so Lars Bestin, who I guess we are pronouncing his name right. Maybe I should have asked him about that one. Um, he requested we watch Captain Cosmotic. Also, the person who requested that we cover Operation Dance Sensation from the same director all those years ago. Um, and he recognizing, quite rightly, that Captain Cosmotic, the movie we're covering today, does not have English subtitles, Mo, in this world. Mm-hmm. He made them himself. He translated the movie for us. Yeah, I never would have done that. No, it's not. we're not worth it, A. But also the podcast no, yeah, isn't really yeah. worth it. And honestly, it's kind of self-defeating. I think we even mentioned it on the most recent episode, which is that uh, our listeners can still not watch the movie. <laughs> they have no way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're covering a movie... <laughs> That, by all accounts, there's no real particular interest in. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can't find it anywhere unless they tried to get it directly from us or, 
you know, or or our boy. Yeah. Which <laughs> I have know? to be honest, I don't think and, I would without permission, I don't think I would distribute it because it's the one thing I care about in regards to that sort of thing, I guess. He just put yeah. so much effort in. If anyone was going to benefit, it should be Lars, and he's benefiting right now from hearing us say his name again and again and again and again and again, and likely mispronounce it. And speaking of that as well, Mo, even though this was a surprise to you immediately before we started recording, uh, he also yeah, sent along know. a list of facts about this uh, movie. Uh, apparently, I forgot to distribute that to you, as well as... Um, <laughs> for three years. <laughs> for three years, as well as an audio file which shows how to pronounce the names of the people involved with this movie. This is... Which I also never got. <laughs> what does it matter, really? But that not... Uh, a, I was going to say that's going above and beyond, but frankly, Mo, I just feel like that should be the base level of our expectation from our listeners at this point. That is what you need to do, listeners, if you want to be on the, the inner circle of No Budget Nightmares. Why why we why would you want to be that? I have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea. Mo, um this is the third episode of No Budget Nightmare since our return. Uh we're not mm-hmm. quite sticking to that monthly schedule up to this point. It's been a little bit of time, but we're we're Yeah. We are still legitimately back because we are recording. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, you know, I mean like look, I I I told people straight up I was very you know, open and honest about it when we came back that, you know, I would try to maintain a monthly schedule, but I couldn't make any promises about it, you know, and I had, I had some mental health issues come up and I needed to focus on pushing through those. And thankfully I was able to do it faster than three years this time. So, (laughs) you know, but, but, but here's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna to to make undue correlations here, but both times I had major mental health issues were right around the time when I was supposed to watch and record an episode about Captain Cosmotic. So, you know, this just this just gonna say that this movie Mo has been look we Lars we love you obviously you've put so much into this but it but you've broken my brain man you fucked Mo up so badly you almost killed the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Though I mean, in in your to your credit, it was uh, your power and your honestly probably the guilt that was lingering in the back of both Mo and my own brain. That, oh yeah, that big time helped bring it back. So I guess it all yeah. evens out in the end, except for the people who wanted episodes <laughs> for those three years. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things that has also been brought back since uh, our recent uh, return uh, to the No Budget Nightmares universe is that we have a Patreon now. Uh, we had one before, but we have another one. It's been slightly uh, uh, reorganized. I think it's a little bit more sensible now. And part of being a No Budget Nightmare patron is that you get your name read out on the podcast. Woo-hoo! Wouldn't that be exciting to you, Mo? To have your name said by one of us? Uh, sure. And I say one of us, but yes, but it's just me because I am the one who has the. It's list just of you because you have the list. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to. P- I want to prime the pump a little bit when it comes to the No Budget Nightmares uh, Patreon, though, because there is content that's going up over there, exclusive content. If you are listening to this right now and you are not a part of the Patreon, those people that are part of it, uh, at least of the $5 level and above, have gotten access to that 
podcast a week early. They're listening to it earlier than you are. They're getting all the references. They're hearing us make flubs. They're probably telling us, hey, you, you accidentally left in a really awful word that you should take out and we'll edit it so you'll never get to hear it. I mean, it's just, just a, <laughs> some of the things that might happen if you get an advanced version of the No Budget Nightmares podcast. But I've also, and Mo, this might even be a surprise to you. <laughs> I've been uh, writing up little memories of all of the podcasts that we've made for No Budget Nightmares, starting from the very first one and doing like little... You have memories? I have some memories. You know, it's funny because the next I... one I have to write up is Terror Tunes. And that one, I do have some memories connected to it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one that that's the one that I, that I have most of my show memories in regards to. Or at least part of it. I think a little, a lot of it has to do with the circumstances around those early episodes. You know, going from No Budget Nightmares yeah. to like Las Vegas Bloodbath and Duck Carbine right. High Massacre, which I recently wrote up a little thing of. And then absolute garbage like uh, barely legal lesbian vampires and things like that. Just re, uh, sure. reassociating and re-experiencing uh, some of the feelings that were around those. But also talking about... Um, I just recently wrote up a little bit on So Mordid B, which is a very old episode at this point. But I had interviewed the director back then, and I just put all the links mm. together so people can uh, can check it out. Nice. <laughs> Value added is what I call that, Mo. Yeah. Mo, if you, I, if you ever want to express I'm yourself. Not doing any, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever do want to express yourself, uh, you can just let me know. <laughs> you can certainly do that over there as well. But as I mentioned, Mo... I need to read out some names. Uh, we have currently four levels of contributors on the Patreon, uh, and starting with the uh, the the lowest level. I, mean, I was going to say it nicer than that, but it is the lowest level. People who are uh, supporters, continuous supporters of us over on there. I'm just going to read out their names. That's Adam Lounsbury, Chuck W, Curtis Radon, Evan Monday. By the way, listeners, if you are uh, if I'm reading your name right now and you hate how I'm pronouncing it. There's not really anything I can do about it, but you get in touch with me, and I'll uh, I'll try to find a way to make it right. That was the great Evan Monday, by the way. Joseph Charlesworth, Nathan Lambert, Ryan J. Navarro Coat, uh, Schnoodleberg from the uh, from the Facebook group, Skinslip, and ThatShelf.com. <laughs> we got ThatShelf.com still supporting us, Mo, even though our podcast doesn't uh, uh, actually appear on that website anymore. <clears throat> <laughs> How about that? Over on the $5 Become a No Budget Nightmare Fiend level, we have Abigail Hirschlock, Brian Berger, Derek Bourgeois, Gavin Rye, James Owens, Joseph Vogel, Lars Beston himself, uh, of course, the the uh, the really the impetus from this episode, Matt Everman, Robert Long, of course, Tori Haas, and Tyler. Love you, Tyler. One name, Tyler. I like that. Uh, and of course, on the Super Fiend $10 level, we have John R. Blaker, Michael Fitzgerald, the great Michael Fitzgerald, uh, someone who picked a previous movie for us to cover on the podcast, O73 Films, and Zachary Hunt's Weiss. Uh, probably, or maybe Vice. I mean, we are very German on this episode of No Budget Nightmares, Mo. Mo, do yeah. you, you have anything else to say to the people out there before we jump into Captain Cosmotic? Well, I mean, obviously a big thank you. I mean, oh, I we, uh, <laughs> we appreciate everything, you know. Uh, why was that funny? I was being sincere. <laughs> Look, you know what? Uh, this is one of the things that will get cut out of the episode uh, for the non-supporters. Those freeloaders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the special ones R resting on their keep laurels, giving, just keep expecting us everything. Money. For free. I mean, and also just waiting months and months for us to get our shit together to record an episode. Well, we're gonna make it worth 
uh, worthwhile, I was going to say. We're going to make it worth something. I mean, a buck. We can make it worth a buck. This episode will be worth $1, so anyone who's paying more than that, I'm sorry to hear that. By the way, uh, also, Patreon subscribers, on a certain level that I can't remember, you also get a copy of my notes, so that'll be exciting. That'll also include all of the notes that Lars uh, came up with with this, so uh, a little too Yeah, more. I mean, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to provide a copy of my notes as well, but you do not want to... <laughs> You do not want to see the chicken scratch that that I that I oh it's bad. Do you have like it's written handwritten notes? No 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 no. I'm just I. How can you chicken just, scratch you know, typing? I figured out a way. I figured it out. It's the hunt and peck method right there. Chicken scratching. Well, I, I, you know what, man? I give me credit. I can type forty three words a minute. Hunt and peck. So it's it's not that's not bad. It ain't good, but it ain't bad. Mo, before we start talking about the plot of the movie, step by step, as is our want, and of course, this episode, we have to be very detailed since no one listening can actually watch it, um, mm. what was your experience of watching Captain Cosmotic like? Okay, so I found out about the movie, and then I went insane for three years. Uh-huh, I remember this part. So that, yeah, that was that was the big part. Um, and then I, and then we were reminded about the movie and I went insane for another couple of months. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I finally sat down after taking an Adderall, um, and by chance, uh, my client for the day was out sick from school. So I, I was, I, given, Mo, I, I, I may have uh, sent, day. I may have sent over that client a little something just to make sure this happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And for that, I appreciate it. Um, because... Oof. Look, I'll tell you, anyway. white powder in an envelope works every time. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's dark. funny. That's, that's pretty dark, especially as we're talking about a five-year-old here. Hey, well. Um, yeah, whatever. You live and you learn. Birth certificate and, is proof know, of guilt. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so I, I ended up spending a good majority of that first day working on on the movie, and I got about half done. You know, I'm talking hours and hours of forcing myself to 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 continue, and, and I gotta verify. It's not that I'm saying I I was not enjoying the movie. It's just, it was very, it was a very hard movie to take notes for. So it took me a very long time to get through the first half. Thankfully, the second half that I did the next day, um, wasn't, wasn't as bad. You know, there's a lot more action scenes and a lot less talking. So, you know, you could, you could write stuff in your notes, like a fight ensues, you know, and put a couple of little details in there. But, (laughs) And relying somewhat on our memories, not that we're very good at doing that. Right. Yeah. I mean, and well, me more so relying on your memory because <laughs> my, whew, mine's, mine's so. Well, bad. you've been watching this movie in the last few days, Mo, but it's been several weeks for me. So we're in a real tight spot here when it comes to yeah. remembering the plot of Captain Cosmotic. By the way, the plot of Captain Cosmotic, according to the IMDb, says four stupid aliens want to steal the Earth's core, but Captain Cosmotic, the world's strongest hero, is hard to defeat. That's that's what it says, uh, and that's a semi- if he's so hard to defeat. Uh, no, no, you know what? We'll save it. We'll save it for the episode. I, I you know, it is hard to defeat. Okay. Well, I mean, it, he's a superhero. So th- just to get into the general idea of this movie, it's a superhero parody. Of course, it's from the late '90s, so it's it, it it's not like a parody of kind of modern Marvel style movies, but it's a superhero parody. It's also every once in a while. Like, extremely violent. Um, 
Yeah. To the point where I, even though I should have expected it because we watched Operation Dance Sensation, which was a pretty violent movie. But the first mm-hmm. time it gets like super gory, I was like, what? Oh, right. It could be that. It could be like that as well. But it, a lot of the movie isn't like that. So it's always surprising when it gets really violent. Yeah. Cause there's not, yeah, there's not a lot of violent scenes. There's like two or three really. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe four. I forget. But like there's, yeah, it's mostly pretty tame. This movie, Mo, as I already mentioned, was directed by the director of Operation Dance Sensation, which I, I've been told by Lars that we fucked up this guy's name pretty significantly on that episode. Uh, so I have a pronunciation here that says his name is Tilo uh, Gozi Lohan. Uh, Gozi Lohan? Huh, I said it a little faster that time. Tilo Gozi Lohan, who, of course, uh, not only directed Operation Dance Sensation from tw- 2003, he also co-directed Captain Berlin versus Hitler with another no-budget nightmare favorite. Mo, do you know who that is? No. I should have asked Lars for the pronunciation of Jörg Butkreit as well, the director, of course, of uh, Necromantic and Necromantic 2, as well as other wonderful films. And this was written, this movie was, by Tilo, as well as Jan Hendrik Meyer, who also uh, plays Captain Cosmotic in this movie. So much German. Lots of German. And boy, folks, (laughs) I got to say, look, I somehow have 15 audio clips to play. <laughs> there's a little bit of English, uh, and, in it. and and one of them is in English. There's there's a couple that have English in them, but uh, it, it might require a little bit more explanation. So the, <laughs> uh, this is a superhero parody, but it's also kind of a parody of kind of classic um, serial type superheroes, like um, uh, like Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. There's sure. elements of that yeah, in there, yeah. and also like uh, there's characters that are parodies of. Um, Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Honestly, the fact that all of those parodies are the villains in the movie are, is still a little bit confusing to me, but I think they're just trying to pack in as much shit as they can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, well it, well, it gets confusing, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out here that we haven't quite gotten to yet, but we're going to be there two seconds into the movie anyway. Okay. When they introduce the villains of the movie, they refer to them as the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought these were the heroes of the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got confused because I'm like, I thought Captain Cosmotic was the hero. And then once we, you know, once once they started talking about the plan, I'm like, oh, okay, so these guys are the bad guys. But, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So there's a lot of characters. We're going to try to keep it as straight as possible. But I think the main thing for uh, for our listeners to remember is that there's these group of four villains. They're trying to dig out the core of the Earth. They're all from space. They're, they're digging out the core of the Earth, and Captain Cosmotic is trying to stop him. I think that's that's good enough. In fact, maybe we don't actually need to cover the plot of the movie in any more detail. Than that. Yeah, that's the entire movie. <laughs> the end. Mo, how does the movie begin? So we open up with um, a shot of a satellite, and then we get the the title, Captain Cosmotic, which is great yes like i really like the uh the design on the uh on the title well you should love the design um, i mean with, lars made a no budget nightmares version of that. yeah he made it yeah exactly <laughs> i was gonna say he made he made a no budget nightmares version of that and i it's you know while admittedly it's not the one that i that i ended up using for you know my desktop on my computer um i do have it sitting in my in a folder somewhere that you know i could if i wanted to Mo, after the title card, what what do we see in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now we're twenty five minutes into the episode, we're finally getting to the title card. Value added, um, folks. Value added. Um, then we we cut to uh, a, a a fairly barren planet, um, which 
really just looks more like a terrarium, but you know, it's, it looks good. <laughs> what is notable? I know you're going to say something that's very notable there. <laughs> I, I had to show a friend of mine this scene because he is a toy collector uh-huh. and I knew that he would be upset by seeing what they did with this toy. <laughs> so I had to show him. So the camera starts panning uh, off to the, to the right and uh, into frame comes a castle gray skull. Oh my God. And it's like, it's painted to look dusty and dirty. Uh-huh. And like, oh, they painted a castle gray. Oh, skull. that's what he would be upset about. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and the fact they were even using the castle gray skull, but you know, whatever. And then, and then uh, we get a ship coming in and my friend said he recognized the ship too, but I didn't. Oh, I so know. I'm assuming it's He-Man related, but I don't know what it is. This whole kind of terrarium um, thing, as you called it, you know how those old, the toy commercials in the '80s they would show kids playing in like a really detailed playset. It's kind of like yeah. that. It's like it's like what they would be playing in the background. Does not look real whatsoever, but it's not really made meant to look real. No, no. Um. So yeah. So they end up. Uh, they end up. Um. Landing, and we cut to the inside, presumably of this <laughs> of Castle Grayskull. Uh, of this Castle Grayskull, <laughs> we and see. The, uh, do you remember that? Was it Castle Grayskull that it it comes with like a microphone that you could speak with like a spooky voice? That was the He Man toy with that, wasn't it? I'm not sure, but I don't. I don't think it would have been Castle Grayskull. It might have been Snake Mountain. It was probably Snake I'm Mountain sure. or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I it's honestly like. I was never rich enough to get anything more than just like the handful of He-Man guys that, that I got, you know, <laughs> um, also hats off to you. If you call them He-Man guys too, because I, I don't know. I've been calling them that since I was a kid. Um, I had both. Yeah, so we, I had both Stinkor, which was a He-Man figure that smelled bad. That was like its whole I deal. Stinkor. And yeah. I had Moss Man, who was a He-Man figure that was covered in this like green moss. And he smelled bad Dude, too. I, I, I had fifteen Mossmans because I kept <laughs> because I kept playing with them in my backyard. I kept playing with them in my backyard, and I kept losing them because they blended in perfectly with the grass. <laughs> and then, you, that, and then that was like a marketing I, thing for him. It's like these kids will yeah. lose them in the fucking grass. They'll have to buy another. Right. One. <laughs> it's fucking genius when you think about it, you know. And then I'd be mowing the lawn two weeks later, and I just I'm like, oh, there's another boss man, you know. <laughs> Like, but, but for real, like I had so many Mossman toys because I just kept losing them and he was one of my favorite ones. So like, I don't know where they would go. They would just m- magically disappear into the grass. It was amazing. No, there was a toy. I, I, there was a He-Man set where all it was, was this dinosaur skull. And, right. and then it was like a big tower and the dinosaur skull was at the top and at the bottom was like a dinosaur hand where you were supposed to put one of the figures and the dinosaur skull you're supposed to put a bunch of, of like slime in its mouth. You, slime, you could buy the slime yeah. and the slime, it yeah. was a slime pit is what I think it was called. And the slime would just go all over the, the character and that's fine for most characters, but Moss Man had a different texture to him. And the combination mm-hmm. of that slime and that moss was not a pleasant thing to have to play with. <laughs> it was it was vile because I also had that set and I know I know exactly well, I mean it didn't matter because I lost that moss man about three minutes later anyway, but you know, yeah, it was he was something else. In fact, one of I, I don't have a lot of like pop vinyl toys, but one of the ones I have is the really big beast man that they made. Um and it's awesome. 
you know. Yeah, let's let's just how about this? Let's just spend the next hour and a half talking about He-Man toys. Picture it, uh, Eternia. Picture it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> picture it Eternia, nineteen twenty-two. All right, Mo, what happens inside Castle Grayskull? <laughs> yeah, we cut to a woman who uh, is wearing some kind of like bondage gear type looking thing, and I describe her as having new metal hair. Yes, um, even yeah. And piercings, and she's by new metal hair, spear. you mean no hair. She's bald, <laughs> yeah. She's got, yeah, she looks a lot like the dude from like Mudvayne, you know. Um, which is, a, I just realized is a huge insult to her, but I just mean the, the stupid haircut. A handsome woman, um, uh, yeah, she's not no, a, no, she's woman, a very attractive woman. I'm certainly not the meaning. fucking I mean, we're, we're, we're goblins, folks. Come on, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I am definitely a fucking troll, um. And yeah, and so she's walking up to this. Uh, I describe him as an evil looking man with false fingertips. I don't know if that was intentional. They never explain it. They never, I never really see his hands again, but he's got false fingertips with obvious fake nails on huh. them. And yeah, it's really weird looking. It's, it was really off putting, you know. So I don't know if it was just meant to be obviously fake or if it was just bad production. I, I don't care. I, I, it added, in, it added character to him. Um, you know, I call him the wizard through half of my notes because you don't find out what his actual name is until way later. But his name is the Berator. Yes, the Berator. Or the, you know, yeah, the Berator. I don't know, Berator. I think it's funny, right? Because um, he's like berating them for being. I mean, I don't really. Yeah. It's funny because his character gets such. It gets shit canned by the end of the movie for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's that's that that'll be something to talk about a little later. He looks kind of like I said he looked like Klaus Kinski in a robe, but uh, maybe it's just because that's, I had German people on my mind. No, that's that's actually not not too far off. He is a little Kinski esque. Um, but yeah, he's got, you know, dyed black hair. Um, she announces that the justice league has arrived. I believe Mo, that the, they're not called the justice league. I believe they're called the in, I, injustice league. Oh, the injustice league. That makes sense. I mean, that, then that's just my dyslexia saying, Hey, how you doing? Well, I didn't correct you earlier uh, because I didn't remember, but I haven't heard my notes as injustice. League. Oh no, that's good. That's good. Cause that just means that I read it wrong. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of a lot of reading in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah and so, reading. So, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so she announces them one by one, which is, you know, what is the first big thing I will give this movie is, you know, while admittedly we had to wait half the movie to find out what the Berater's name is, and we never find out what the new metal hair girl's name is. Um, I don't believe. I don't know. Uh, she announces the as we just figured out the injustice league one by one, as they come in and first we get Rex guilty, um, who I guess is like the engineer, like they, you know, we, uh, we find out as time goes and he, he kind of, you know, flounders around and slips, slips a bit. And it's funny. It's a, it's a good first. Mo, I have a fun fact delivered to us by Lars, which is that Rex guilty is based on Rex Gildo. Uh, hopefully that's pronounced correctly, who was a 70s schlager singer, uh, and his biggest hit was Fiesta Mexicana. Uh, I did look it up. Um, he told me not to make too much fun of this guy um, or the singer for the music because he killed himself by jumping out of a window. Rex Guilty. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, the next person introduced is named Dr. Darm. Mm-hmm. 
And this is, um, he's got like a metal face, just like Dr. Doom from the Fantastic. Right. Oh, here's a uh, funny he fact too. Wait, I got to tell you another fun fact. Oh, oh, more funny facts? Yeah. Just, did this guy kill himself too? He killed himself because he hated, <laughs> no, uh, apparently Darm uh, is the German word for colon. So he's. I, see, I looked it, I looked it up. I, I, I figured there might be some little. You know, treats in there for some of their names. Uh, if I did Google Translate, and that's one of the names I I, I did, and so I knew that I knew that his name was Doctor was Doctor Colon. Yeah, research. Ha ha. <laughs> so please continue. Um, yeah, he comes in and he starts spraying some kind of foam. Uh, we find out what that foam is later. It's just really weird at this point mm-hmm. in the in the film. But you know, like I said, we find out what what that's all about later. Uh, we almost don't see it at all again until the very end of the movie. So don't get used to that foam. Um, next, we're introduced to uh, Gordon Rogers, and that's I shouldn't have to explain anything about that. Well, we will anyway because we have we have a lot of young <laughs> listeners. He, he both visually, but obviously his name is a throwback to like serial heroes like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. Uh, and also, right, exactly like this is something I know we'll talk about. He's also addicted to drugs, this character. And if he doesn't he get the drug, what happens, Mo? He transforms into <laughs> some kind of goblin old man type thing. Yeah. That's why he turns into a goblin if he doesn't take drugs every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I am the same, so I get it. Um, and he has a gun made from a super soaker. Yes. Uh, which I thought was fun. <laughs> Um, how do we pronounce this dude, this next guy? So it's, the thing is, his name, I think, is Dr. Oktar, Okter, Dr. Okter will go with, uh, and it's, that is a, a joke on Dr. Otker, which is, now I think some Americans might know this, but people in Canada would probably know, uh, Dr. Okter are are a frozen food purveyor, apparently very, very big in Germany, but you can get frozen pizzas here in Canada that are Dr. Otker frozen pizzas which i've had mm. many of in my time now mo only vegetarian ones because i don't eat meat anymore ew yeah i've been a vegetarian for two years what do you think about that? that's another that's thing that's happened dis- since our big break that's disappointing <laughs> why? why is that that's just more meat for you <laughs> that's true that's true um i don't know if this if this matters or not at all but i i looked up Octor as well, and, and it translated to nothing. So I don't know if that means it doesn't translate to anything, or if it translates nothing to the word nothing. <laughs> you know. Well, that's so what I thought. That one was fun too. I should mention that's what their pizzas taste like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You know. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I. I'm familiar with a brand called Mama Celeste's. That's pretty much the same idea. Is pretty, she a supervillain too? <laughs> she might as well be. She's gonna throw a. She's gonna throw a sandal at you. All right, so what's, what's their whole deal? We have the Injustice League, Rex Guilty, Dr. Darm, Gordon Rogers, and Dr. Okter, and they are, have been brought to this um, berator for some reason. I love the fact that he tells them that they know what this is all about, but he's going to explain it to them. <laughs> Very helpful for us. <laughs> yeah, that's some, that's, that is some quality uh, Joe exposition moments right there. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, so he, he decides he needs a bigger planet. He wants to conquer the planet Lugosi because of course. Uh-huh. Um, and he says he needs a stupid amount of guns and energy. He never mentions anything about how he's going to get the guns, but he does have a plan to get the energy. So, um, 
th- there's a moment here where Dr. Ochter tells them to get to the point and the new metal girl breathes fire yes. at him. And I thought it was pretty fucking cool. It's pretty cool because cool, she's obviously very yeah. doing that. They must have found yeah, her at, at like a really cool club. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like I have friends who do that shit too and they actually look a lot like her too. So that's funny. But um, yeah, no, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, they're tasked, they're tasked with flying to Earth. They have to extract the Earth's core and in turn destroy the planet. Like, I don't think they necessarily have to destroy the planet, but obviously removing the core of the earth is going to destroy the planet. I, I like uh, how the Berater's plan the- is not, he doesn't want to conquer earth. He just needs the core of the earth to power his ability to conquer yeah. a different planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on- honestly, that makes sense, you know, cause like really what, what other, what good is earth otherwise, you know? Um, I mean, that's a pretty good yeah. question anyway. And then, and then, so Rex asks him about, about payment. He's like, well, what are we going to get paid for this? And, and honestly, like, this is really reasonable. You know, the wizard, or I keep, the I'm wizard. keep calling him the wizard because <laughs> that's what it says in my notes. The berator says they're going to get their freedom. They get to take over that planet. And he's like, and I'll even throw in some new suits for you because you look like you could use some new suits. He also says they can like keep that. all the stuff that they find on the planet. So they can, but of course, yeah. if you get the planet, I guess that's kind of <laughs> implied. Right. You know, so I'm like, that's, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, if, if all you're doing is flying to another planet, stealing the, the core of it and bringing it back, that's not bad. You know, um, <laughs> I will say they're like, they are super powered beings. Their superpowers are not so impressive that it would be an easy task for them to take over the entire planet. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, comparably they're they're sort of like the suicide squad, yeah. you know, like they're they have they're talented, but they're not necessarily like overpowered. Right. Right. That being said. So meanwhile, while all this is going on, you know, uh Gordon Rogers is kind of, you know, panicking talking with with some of the other guys and the berator asks, ask what they're talking about. And, and we find out that Gordon needs his drug, you know, and he, he's, and he's talking to, to Dr. Darm, who's, who says, what do you need? Styling foam and starts spraying the foam at him, which I thought was funny. Um, you know, and he, and that, this is where he transforms for the first time. He doesn't do it very often. I think he only transforms like three times in the whole movie. But it's a lot for a ninety-minute movie, where, though. <laughs> it's a lot for a ninety-minute movie. That's let's true. be consistent. He turns um, into a goblin. That's what he turns. He into. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll say he turns into a goblin. Uh, but Doctor Uchter has the uh, the drug and uh, and he injects it directly into his nose, uh-huh. and he turns back. I, in my notes, I say I'm guessing this will be important later. It is not. No, but it is brought up later, so that is something. Yeah, it's brought up. It's not. No, important. how would you describe the visual style of this movie? Um, I mean, it's brightly colored, you know, for the the outfits at least. Yes. Uh, it's very stylized. I I, I think I think all the outfits look great. I mean, they're not like like they're definitely budget, but they don't look bad. Um, it's shot on you know. video. Uh, right. And this is before digital and looks, video. And looks it. It's late yeah. '90s, so it looks better than like VHS tape. It looks like, but it's also it has everything is kind of yellow tinged. You know, I think it's just mm. a, a, an element of the era, or maybe that's what Germany looks like. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything in Germany is yellow tinged. <laughs> but so it starts off with all this kind of like sci-fi superheroish stuff, and then yeah. it moves on to the planet Earth, Mo, our planet. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, so I did, I did note one thing I want to mention. Oh, please. Before, mm-hmm. bef- before we get to earth. Um, the berator is a really good boss. You're really high on this berator fella. I no, he's a really good boss. Is this really like, about your own job now that we're talking about? It? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for for people who can stay calm while surrounded by idiots. But I mean, for real though, like he doesn't like he doesn't get mad at them. He stays calm at them, even though there are clearly a bunch of idiots. And the compensation package that they get is surprisingly good. You know, I I it, I just it just kind of struck me in a, a way that like, wow, this guy, like this dude's like the, the bad guy in the movie. Like he's getting ready to, to, to conquer another planet, but he's a good boss. Like, I, I mean, I like, like how even the movie seems to realize he's not bad enough because they have to replace him before the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So the, the new metal hair girl tells them to, uh, to piss off and we cut to earth where there is a guy getting dressed and we get the opening credits. This is like six or seven minutes into the film yeah. at this point. Uh, <laughs> this dude seems like a total mess. Mm-hmm. Um, Relatable. He starts pack. Yeah. Understandable completely. <laughs> it's the reason why I keep my head shaved. Um, he packs a bunch of utens- utensils into a bag, like kitchen utensils. We find out that he is a, kitchen wares salesman presumably yes um well he i mean he says he says it later you never see him actually sell anything but whatever he becomes a superhero so whatever uh he puts on a leather coat and sunglasses he leaves um what does he look like what does this guy look like he's i you know fair build uh helmet hair yeah really weird looking he's got like, haircut he's got like like late 90s which is appropriate, like like mod hair. Yeah. Like he has kind of like like um, he, he's got Oasis hair. Yes, Oasis. I have. It's, it's, I said he looks like Paul Weller. So I mean, that's very. <laughs> no, that's yeah. Paul Weller is a, a great example. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he he has a goatee. Uh, he wears aviator glasses, and then we see he's him just a guy get into his car, or he's about to get into his car, Mo. But he's stopped by a friend of his who pulls up on a motorcycle. And I, I describe him as some bubbles looking dude. <laughs> That's my friend Julian. For all, you, for, all you, for all you trailer park boy fans out there. So, Canadian content. So uh, this this guy basically berates him because he's going to work. And this I guess his friend works at the candy factory and he says he licks lollipops. I thought that joke was fucking hilarious. You know, uh, yeah, we find out the utensil guy, his name's Dieter. Dieter. And um and they're they're talking about work and how he hates work and he's and so he finally asks him, Well, what do you do for work? He goes he goes, I work in the candy factory licking the lollipops round. I'm like, that's fucking funny. That's a good joke. Uh then it it, it cuts back to the spaceship where the Injustice League are all together. I have written every single time a character talks, I've written who the character is so I didn't get them confused. But Mo, even though it's very clear who they are really, specifically I had difficulty with the fact that two of them are named Doctor. (laughs) Yeah. And they look alike too. They look relatively similar. So it's tough. Doctor. If you're not seeing their their face directly, it's really hard to tell them apart. Doctor Uchter, he's kind of the leader. 
I think that's kind of important yeah. to establish. He's the guy who basically tells the other three what to do, and that'll that'll be kind of consistent throughout the movie. To a point, and then it's, then it's not that anymore. And then it's not, yeah. <laughs> Mo, they, I love the fact that he's talking to them on a speaker, even though they're all right in front of him. <laughs> what does his spaceship look like on the inside? It looks like a, a, a homemade spaceship if you had to have like a play that took place like a high school play that took place in space this is what that spaceship would look like on exactly stage. <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty budget looking but it's not bad it's effective it works oh, it's, but it's, it's consistent it with the rest of the visual style of the movie yeah exactly they talk about their plan mo they say that they're going to land on earth on july 2nd and on july mm-hmm. 3rd they're going to extract the earth's core and by, by july 4th the earth will be in ruins is that a reference to independence day isn't doesn't that like I, poster have like July second arrive that sort of shit? All, all I know is that July second is my fucking birthday, so it pisses me off that they're gonna arrive on my fucking birthday and try to fucking destroy my damn planet. Welcome to Earth. We will not fade into this good night. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of my also we should that is good. <laughs> We should also mention that they say that they arrive on the second and then by the fourth, they'll have everything extracted and yada, yada. That there's no way. They didn't even bring there's barrels no- to put the shit in. They have to steal that stuff first. <laughs> yeah. You know, like <laughs> shit must happen so goddamn fast in this universe. If there, if everything is happening over the course of three days, because Holy shit. I mean, I just like anyone else, overpromise, underdeliver, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they're talking about how they're going to get the extraction unit down there. They're going to get everything together. And uh, Gordon Rogers has this to say. And remember, folks, this is in German. So I wanted to give a little bit of a sound clip just to give you listeners an idea of what the fuck you're going to be hearing if you watch this movie. Because, again, you do not have subtitles. The the very high-pitched voice, that was the voice of Gordon Rogers talking. And he's basically saying... Right. The first first voice you heard was was Rex. Right. Rex Guilty. um, Who is talking about the extraction process... He has a nice little pun here where he says he invented an extraction device that works extra terrific. Extract terrific. That's right. But but Gordon <laughs> Rogers are like, how do we get it onto our ship? Because this spaceship is way too small. So they have this this prototype Max Mini Beamer, which can both transport things from place to place as well as make them different sizes. Right. Which he which he demonstrates on Gordon by making his gun very tiny. Well, and moving him from one oh, seat yes. to another. Yeah. So Gordon is sort yeah. of the punching bag of this group. Um, and For so, sure. So don't expect him to be like Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers. He's really a piece of shit who, who's a drug addict who all turns into a, a goblin every once in a while. Yeah. Rex also brought an android with him named Bruno. Yes. Who will become important later on. Like much later to the point where I got confused. I'm like, who's that again? Oh, right. They did bring that up an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the movie for you. Uh, and then at one point, the ship runs into an asteroid, which I thought would be a big deal, but apparently it is not. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. I was expecting something to come of it, but nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Back on Earth, Mo. Who are we with? We're back with Dieter. He's shopping. Um, he's in a uh, he's in a store because that was one of the things he had mentioned to uh, the Bubbles guy before that he had to go shopping and then go to work. So he is in the process of shopping now. We get some nice uh, shopping music. Let's listen to the shopping music as we talk that. a little yep. bit here. There's also it's like very much a montage of. I'll play it actually. So while I talk about this. <laughs> it's what it is is he sees a woman in the store and there's obviously has some interest and there's a, a kind of a lengthy montage of them kind of sort of avoiding each other but also trying to run into each other at the same time and this is the music that's playing the sound that you could hear there is a lot of sounds of shopping carts <laughs> yep who's this woman this is Dietland. he's dieter He's Dieter Parker. By the way, that name, Dieter Parker, do you think that's supposed to be like a Peter Parker joke? I would imagine. I, that, that would make sense. And she's Dietland. Oh, boy. <laughs> she's Dietland Abate Fatal. Yeah, except that accent did not sound German whatsoever. <laughs> no, because I, because I grew up around Italians and I heard the word, I see the word Abate and that's an Italian name. Yeah, she's Dietland Abate Fatal. Hey, what you doing over Forget about it, Gabagool. Forget about it, Gabagool. Yeah, exactly. What's Dietland all about? What does she look like? She's uh, a calmly homebody type. Uh You know, I don't know if "calmly" is the right word. Uh, Handsome. (laughs) (laughs) That's my word. (laughs) Yeah, I'm stealing your word. Um, She's been made up to look less attractive than she actually is, obviously. Yeah, and she has a band aid across her nostril just to really hit home that she is supposed to be a homely woman right uh, i think in actuality she's just covering up her septum piercing but you know yeah <laughs> that'll get uncovered uh, later <laughs> that'll get uncovered later I, I think it's also uh uh supposed to be uh, a very subtle reference to the fact that she is also abused ah yes uh, which she is um she starts asking one of the the shop workers there if they have uh whisks for sale um, you know, which of course, uh, Dieter perks up upon hearing cause he's been basically stalking her the entire time, <laughs> but she, she seems kind of into him too, though. Like she, you know, she keeps seeing him and she's like, Oh, I hope he walks in front of my cart yeah. again. You know, it's, it's the uh, ancient art of seduction, Mo, two people yeah. in a supermarket trying to ram their carts together. Um, right. And, and then we, and then we have our little meat cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where she drops, you know, she he comes around the corner and she gets scared and drops her apple and it rolls directly to his feet. So he gives it back to her. Classic. And of course, immediately tries to make a sale. Yeah. So he says he can get her a whisk really cheap and asks for her address so he can bring it over. Uh, she says she has to hurry because uh, I guess she we know later that she has to make dinner for her husband. But so he's going to drop by that after noon. And yeah, she says she says that she's worried that she'll have to get dressed up, which is odd because he's just a fucking salesman trying to <laughs> to sell her a whisk. Right. And also she doesn't no. get dressed up. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. In, in fact, when he meets up with her, she's digging holes. So <laughs> Yes, that's right. Okay. She's just digging holes. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to enjoy that, Mo, we're back on the ship. Yeah. And this is where, I think maybe this is where we learn that the guy's name is the Berator. Yeah. 
So he's on he's on the screen, and they are talking to him, uh, and uh, he's basically he's kind of reiterating what they already know. He said that the Lagosians. This is kind of important though. So just remember, he's trying to conquer planet Lagosi, but apparently the Lagosians got wind of the mission and they sent a satellite to stop the Injustice League. Um, and yeah, right. please. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah. He he holds up a hand drawn picture. That uh, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, Lars uh, subtitled for us so that we knew that it said in German "shoot down." <laughs> it's just, it's it. supposed to be the satellite. It's just it's like a child's drawing. It says "shoot down." Yeah, <laughs> it says "shoot down." Uh, he tells them they need to shoot it down. At this point, by the way, Gordon has turned into the goblin uh, again, and they slap again, him around a yeah. little bit. So uh, that 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 is the second time. Mo, I guess we'll keep track of it. I suppose. Goblin Watch. Back on Earth. Back on Earth, Mo Deland, as you already mentioned, is outside of her house just digging holes for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And Dieter shows up in his car and she thinks he looks awesome because he's all dressed up. He looks so fancy. Yeah, she's worried that her hair is disheveled, which it is because she was out digging ditches outside of her fucking house. (laughs) I do do like the fact that he seems to be really into the idea that she's just digging. Yes. You know, like he he even goes so far as to tell her, like, yeah, you know, today's a great day for digging. <laughs> he's just into it. So they're about to go inside, and he's about to show her his whisk. Wink. No, I mean he was probably legitimately just going to show her his whisk. Uh, but then another car hits the driveway. Mo, who's this? All right. So this is uh, Gunther. Gunther, formerly Walter. Is... Sorry, but that's a stupid. Yeah, for... <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a chop. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> I, I'm mad that I didn't think to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is uh, Dietland's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's notable and, about this guy? Yeah, he looks a lot like James McAvoy from from Split. <laughs> that is not a comparison I was going to make. How, how does he look like him? <laughs> well, they're bald uh-huh. and the mustache. You know, I don't know. It was enough. Like from from certain angles, he really looked a lot like James McAvoy. It was just fucking hilarious to me. So I, I just, it, so it just kind of like stayed in my brain every time he was on screen. I'm like, oh look, it's you know, it's it's, it's Patricia. It's James McAvoy. Uh, so he is her abusive husband, Gunther. Yes, he's a piece of shit, and he's a piece of shit, and that is his really only. Uh, character qualities that he's a piece of shit he is not alone by the way he has brought a woman who really appears to be a prostitute with him <laughs> and apparently yep. he has promised her her name is, her... is Ushi. yes and he has promised her that uh Dieter is going to uh not Dieter sorry he was promised him that uh Dietland is going to make dinner for the two of them exactly and he is very upset that Dieter is there. And when Dieter sees how upset he is, he tries to say goodbye. And that's how this goes. I think even in this language, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, before we get, before we get to that, when Dieter tries to introduce himself, it's actually kind of fucking hilarious because, uh, Gunther ends up doing this, like over the top extended kick thing and literally kicks him out of the way. And, and like just the, the the physical comedy of that one moment is 
brilliant. Yeah, he just pushes. But yeah, yeah, he pushes he's, he's completely, he's histrionic, way over the top. Uh, he hates the fact that Dieter's there, and he doesn't understand why she's not in the kitchen. And you're right, and Dieter decides he's going to come back later, and we have this exchange. Yes, so this is him starting, this is starting with Dieter saying he'll be back later. And that was, yes, the sound of uh, Dieter getting his face punched in by Kuta. <laughs> uh, Dieter then walks off into uh, gets in his car and drives away, saying, rude bully, <laughs> as he leaves. Calls him a rude bully. <laughs> And so uh, Gunther now is uh, the the prostitute woman. What's her name again? Sorry, Ushi. Ushi. I assume named after Ushi Diger. <laughs> Ushi uh, basically is complaining about wanting something to eat, and Gunther introduces her to his wife and says, "This is a colleague of mine. We have a little work to do upstairs." And then he tells his wife to prepare food for them, mm-hmm. and he even slaps her ass as he goes in, um, and she starts to fantasize about like a life with. Dieter saying that he wouldn't treat her so badly and uh, and she can hear her husband having sex with this woman upstairs it's not a good yeah. life Mo no no it's not <laughs> poor Dietland uh, Dieter drives off and I think there's some really bad like back projection but I think it's intentional in this and rock music is playing but if you want to hear some yeah, rock there's music some, ser- some serious poor man's process going on if you want to hear some rock music we got some coming a little bit later on in English that you are all going to really enjoy <laughs> It's amazing. So uh, later, just a little bit later, uh, Dietland serves food to her husband and his colleague, and uh, this is his uh, reaction to it. And I will, uh, I will translate afterwards with my great German skills. Now, Mo. <laughs> there was one word in there I recognized. It's not in the subtitles, but he definitely says shit at some point. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think uh, it's probably more accurately in terms of tone translated, according to Lars. What the fuck is this? Tastes like it has already been eaten. Is this something to eat or a donation to the poor? <laughs> I mean, when it comes to insults, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> For, for a huge piece of shit. For a huge piece of shit. I'm sorry, a huge not, piece it, of shiza. It's right. Uh, so she, he basically asks her to make something else, and she says, there's nothing in the house. Like, what is she supposed to do? And then what does he do? He says, he says, for this food, she deserves a beating, and tells her to come over to him, which she does, and he punches her, like legit punches her. And then he tells, uh, and then he tells Ushi that uh, that they're gonna go to KFC for a real quote unquote fancy meal. <laughs> now let's make it very very clear: there's nothing funny about Dietlin getting there's, punched in the face. This guy, Gunther, and there's nothing fancy about KFC. There's nothing fancy about KFC. I think it's supposed to be representative of this guy being a trash human being, this piece of trash over yeah. here. So I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna make it really clear: I'm anti Gunther. I don't like him. I don't want nope. him to succeed in this movie. And I have a feeling that he will not. (laughs) (laughs) He does not. (laughs) He says he's going to be back at six the the next day and expects a warm meal, which you think after this meal, he wouldn't want that. But whatever. She calls him a bastard. Yeah. 
back in space mode. We're going back and forth. We're ping ponging from Earth to space. Uh, they are the, the Injustice League are approaching planet Earth, which is just a globe, like literally a globe. It's a literal globe. <laughs> it's so good. They land on our planet, Mo, which I'm very proud of, mm-hmm. planet Earth. But they complain right away that it does not smell good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Earth. And they're in Germany. What do they expect? Um, and they are German. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they immediately question if they've landed in the right spot. What I love is that when when they're landing on the the globe, they're heading directly to the United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, that this is supposed to be Germany, but I love the fact that as they were landing, it was directly to the United States. I mean, that that it does seem like in most movies when the aliens arrive, they all arrive in the United States. So why should this one be any different? Right. So, um, they they talk about how they have to stick to the schedule and start drilling. So I mean, you know, we we know what their plans are, and we also see another thing, Mo, which is a satellite floating above Earth. This must be from the Lagosians, and that evening, mm-hmm. it lands on the planet. And you may be wondering, how far are we in the movie right now? <laughs> well, it feels like we're forty to seventy minutes in. Uh, we uh, we just hit about the twenty minute mark. Just about the twenty minute mark. Yeah. Well, we're getting we're getting to the meat of things now because Dieter he's still driving. He ended up getting lost, of course, and uh, he ends up running into something. We don't see it. Gets out of his car, and it's the satellite, Mo. It's the Lagosian satellite. Ah, oh, the whole the film's coming together now. It's all coming together. All the pieces are co- coming together. And he speaks to the satellite, Mo. He knocks on it, and he speaks in a language I can understand. A language called English, and it sounds like this. Hello. My name is Dieter Parker. Dieter, you know? Where do you come from? What is your name? <laughs> His name is Dieter Parker. I mean... It, it's great. I'm, I was so glad to hear my mother tongue in this movie where I was not expecting. Actually, my mother tongue is, is from is Newfoundland English, so it's a little bit different than that. <laughs> so this satellite mode, like fireworks start spraying from it. That's what you could hear at the end there with that explosion. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens then? Some kind of apparition comes out. Right. Um, honestly, it's the most impressive effect in the entire movie. <laughs> uh, he tells him that he's from the planet Lagosi, and he tells Dieter that he's the only one who can save the planet, and he transforms him into Captain Cosmotic. He's also told he's going to receive a miracle weapon that will yeah. heal all wounds, but he has to be careful not to lose it. And folks... That's going to be a really important plot point in the rest of the movie because he keeps several times over. <laughs> yeah, there's also several times where I feel like he forgets that he has a weapon that can heal any wound because there are plenty <laughs> of wounds that he could that he could be healing that he doesn't. It's like, like I I literally have points in in my notes where I'm like, and the, and I I because I started writing what I thought he was going to do before he did it because I was trying to get ahead of myself here. And then he didn't do it. And I'm like, did he fucking forget that he has a gun that can heal people? The way the character is presented, he probably did forget. He probably did. (laughs) 
So this will now turn into like kind of the first big action scene of the movie, which is a half hour in. But remember what I said at the very beginning where I didn't really consider that this is going to be like a splattery movie? Well, right. this that will soon change because what we find is um, there are – it's at a, a gas station the scene yeah. takes place in. And two children are fighting uh, while an attendee is chatting with their mother about how terrible children are. <laughs> how terrible specifically her children are, yeah. Uh, he goes in to get change, and a motorcycle pulls up, and on it are two bad guys, Mo. Uh, one of them mm-hmm. has a machine gun, so you know that he's a bad guy. <laughs> and they run over the kid's stuffed animal, and one of the kids says, uh, I want my dog back, and he calls him Bratz. And he says, uh, I hate children. And he pulls out a shotgun and points it in these children's faces. Yeah. I was disappointed. Not good he guys. Didn't pull the trigger, but you know. Whatever. Oh, my goodness, Mo. Oh, Andy sorry. Child. Sorry. Yes. Always. Always and forever. Yes. I love the fact that the clip of this gun is being held on by duct tape. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. And like not even mo- subtly either. It's like it's wrapped like. The long way around. It's fucking great. So their mother Ugh. sees this happening and she's like very upset, as you would be with uh, someone pointing a shotgun in your child's face. And she says, leave my children alone. And what do they do, Mo? They shoot her. <laughs> they fucking shoot her. They sure do. <laughs> the kids great. shake her. Like they shake her corpse to see if she's still alive, which she is not. And uh, the criminals go inside where that attendee is hiding. He tells them not to hurt him. And they say, it stinks. Shit your pants or what? They're really mocking this guy who probably did shit his pants. But it's understandable. <laughs> he's he's in mortal danger. <laughs> so then who arrives, Mo? Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. I've had a very long day. So I've been doing really good about <laughs> muting myself like <laughs> during uh, during yawns. But that was... Well, we're almost a quarter me, of the way through. Yeah, you asked <laughs> You asked me as I was yawning. I'm like, fuck. Um, Mo, who shows up then? Captain Cosmotic. Yeah. On Captain roller, on, on fucking roller skates. I was not expecting the roller skates. Yeah. And he I, rolls I, around I, a lot. That's like yeah. part of his deal. Yeah. <laughs> and he says to the kids, don't worry, kids. I'll take care of this. Uh, so he uses his gun and heals their mother. So, I mean, it is a very useful weapon to have. And it's good that he shows it off right away. Yeah. I, I think there's only like two people in the entire movie that he heals with the yeah, gun. It's, it's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so inside, uh, the criminals can see the mother getting up and taking your kids away, and they're very upset and also confused. They start screaming like, "What's going on?" They take the money, they start to leave, and um, they <laughs> Captain Cosmotic like punches one of the guys in the face. And he doesn't yeah. know what happened. He's like, there was this guy. I think it was Batman. Batman on roller skates. <laughs> I like, yeah, and he, he he rolls by. He replaces the dude's gun with the gas pump, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like like if, if, they had, if they had kept it more along that line of like slapstick comedy, like it, it, the rest of the movie would have been, I mean, not that I'm saying the movie was bad, but it would have been a lot better. And they, but they, they just have this one scene where he really does like the slapstick kind of comedy stuff. And, and then they just kind of give up on it, which is really sad. Um, and then yeah, he's, like, he's like, he's like a cartoon character in this scene, right up into the point where we yeah. get this like point of view shot of a gun. Yeah. And Captain Cosmotic pops up and he blows the guy's head off. 
Like he fucking blows his head off. <laughs> which is the first bit of like actual like we've seen uh uh Dietlin get it was shocking which is violent. yeah it and was we, goddamn we, seen, brutal we saw that woman get shot but that's not almost played as a very serious moment this guy's head just gets blown off by the lead good guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then and then he cuts the other dude off at the knees literally yes. he uh, cuts him <laughs> off <laughs> Uh, and uh, he, the guy, the the criminal is still alive, and he goes, "You're not Batman, but tell me, who are you?" And he says, "Don't say me, but this too." My name is Captain Cosmotic. <laughs> well, that's his name. He's Captain Cosmotic. I wish there was more incidents, in- instances of that too, where like he says his name and he gets that like musical sting. That only happens like the one time, too. The employee that he saved thanks Captain Cosmotic, and uh, the captain slaps the criminal guy whose leg he's already fucked up on the back, and you can hear the sound that he has broken his other leg by doing that <laughs> at the same time. So I guess <laughs> he doesn't know his own strength. By the way, I don't know if that was part of it. Does he also get super strength? I guess that, that is something he also has. <laughs> yeah. He just I mean, gets all sorts of powers. Yeah, he's, he's a superhero. He gets super strength, super speed, invulnerability. When he has his gun. And he also gets one other thing, Mo. A theme song. A Captain Cosmotic theme song. Which then plays over a montage of Captain Cosmotic's, like, newspaper articles and showing how he's gained, like, um, he's gained, like, he's gained, like, the public's trust. Everybody loves him. The confusing thing about that, Mo, is how much time is passing in this movie? They had three days, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The plan was to complete this mission in literally two days. You know, three days, really. The second, the third, and the fourth. Captain Cosmotic becomes a worldwide known hero seemingly within seconds. Because when Dietland's husband shows up again, it's supposed to be like the next day, right? So Yeah. So it really it really is supposed to be like in a day he becomes world famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you don't understand uh, why that would be, maybe it's because of the power of this theme song. Let's have a little listen. I'm going to fade it out there. Uh, it's terrific, I have to say. Uh, I love the Captain Cosmotic song. And for listeners yeah, who might want to too. check out more of it, we can listen to the whole thing at the very end of the uh, episode. But yeah, so Captain Cosmotic, uh, he's, he's not only now world famous, he also has a relationship with the military, Mo. Now... When we see the military in this movie, they're the U.S. military. Everyone they speaks German. To be, yeah, yeah. I think the idea is this entire movie takes place in the U.S., <clears throat> even though it is so fucking German. And I don't just mean because it's full of German people speaking German and doing German things. There's just something, mm, just something tastes German about this movie. Yeah. So what are they trying to tell us? The entire movie takes place in like Pennsylvania Dutch country. Maybe it takes place in an alternate universe where World War II went a little different. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, if it wasn't for the U.S., we'd all be speaking German. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> Thanks for I saving mean, our butts. 
I mean that that that's a little historical revisionism right there, but okay. <laughs> I should note, by the way, we're recording this on uh, on uh, Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so Captain Cosmotic, he's beloved now. We also see a army guy. So we see the military and we see an admiral who'll be important in the movie. Uh, he's told by one of the soldiers that they have spotted that UFOs have landed on the planet Earth. He goes, this can't be true. There's only one man who can help him. Captain Cosmotic. It's just like he's still he's already their go to guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day, friend. <laughs> We also get uh, reintroduced to Dylan. What's she up to? She's riding a horse. Yeah, right. And uh, complaining to the horse about her mm-hmm. husband being a piece of shit. Which, I mean, she needs an outlet, so uh, I cannot. Understandable. Yeah, she calls. She says the horse is her best friend. And she, for the first time, we see characters run into our our villains. Who do they, Who does she run into? I believe it's Rex and Doctor Darm. Yes, Doctor Darm and Rex Guilty. They are doing a decoder check. They're basically they're trying to find a place to drill into the Earth's core. Yeah. Um, and this is I, in my notes. I have like how much time has passed. I do not understand the fucking timeline of this movie. <laughs> no. But they see her mow, and they're like, "What are you like? Get the fuck out of here! This is their sector." Uh, and she says that she has the rights. She purchased the rights for this field. They don't know what the hell she's talking about. Uh, she gets off the horse to have a talk with them, and they threaten her. And they eventually grab her and throw her to the ground and use their weapons to disintegrate her horse, which she does not like at all. What do you think about mm. horses, Mo? I like them. I like horses a lot, actually. Um, they have a lot I of personality. Get, they, yeah, they're really. Yeah, exactly. They're you know they're really sweet animals. Like when you when yeah. you're treated well, you know. Um, yeah, no. I I used to have a client who whose aunt had horses, and we'd go there pretty regularly and go hang out with them and they they were just cool they were just really cool animals to hang out with so you say these animals are cool and yet you continue to eat animals and you think that's okay yeah i think it's absolutely (laughs) fine actually (laughs) in fact i heard you once say that you could eat a horse seems hypocritical (laughs) to me (laughs) yeah well i mean only to the horse that i ate but She's really upset about her horse being disintegrated and but they're like confused. They're like, there's tons of horses. Why are you so upset about that? <laughs> I mean, which is which is perfect alien logic. <laughs> Mo, I can tell when you are vaping. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's very upset and uh and she's so upset that Rex ends up shooting her with his gun. And Dr. Darm is very upset about that because he tells us something that I did not realize, Mo, which is that if you shoot humans with one of their guns, the, the humans get superpowers. That's but a very not, unfortunate. But it's not Please. even it's not even if you shoot them with one of their guns. If you shoot them with that specific. Yes. Gun, that's the one. Just the he gun that Rex has. Yeah. <laughs> so Only Rex, aliens and animals. So Rex is like, oh, shit. What, what should we do? And Dr. Darm says, we should piss off. And they just run away. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at that pretty hard. And we do see Dietland come to, and she says she's feeling weird. But we'll find out what that's all about in just a little bit. Because Captain Cosmotic, he's been brought to the military base. And I, this is when I first noticed that they were supposed to be American. Because they have a big American flag and a picture of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. In this alternate universe, Ronald Reagan took seized control. Oh, man, this is a real dystopian universe that this takes place in. Well, well, yeah. I brought down that wall, didn't I? 
I'm Ronnie <laughs> Reagan. Well, sorry. <laughs> well, Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> if my wife could hear this right now, she'd be so fucking mad. She hates. <laughs> anyway, they asked Captain Cosmotic for his help because of the UFO, and um, and he he says because he re- remembers what the satellite said to him. He said, "This must be the danger the ghost told me about." And the admiral's like, "Ghost mission? What are you <laughs> driveling about?" The only like he has both eternal respect for Captain Cosmotic and also completely dismisses him all the time. <laughs> it's a great dynamic. Mo, something really strange happens in this scene. Yeah. Do you remember what it is? I remember what it is. I don't remember what the guy's name is, if I'm being honest. But well, they, they I bring, remember. Well, I'm sure. Um, it happened too fast, and I didn't. And I had already rewound so many times to get to catch details. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm not putting his name. I don't care. So yeah, they they pull in another guy. <laughs> you know, they bring they they bring in a guy to partner up with Captain Cosmotic, yes. who insists that he can do it alone. And the the man starts kind of berating Captain Cosmotic, and it's really funny. But it's like a one off scene, and we never see this dude again. What was his name? His name was Jackson. Jackson. And he comes right. in, and he's smoking a cigarette. He has a Chicago Bulls hat on. Yeah. And uh, he looks like now back in Newfoundland, we would call the guy that the this guy looks like. We would call him a skeet. Basically, he looks like a dirtbag. Yeah. And. And and like you said, Captain Cosmotic says he doesn't need any help, but Jackson is very pissed about this. And like you said, he mocks how the captain looks. He says, "You're really spe- you think you're really special, huh?" And then he ends by saying, "Have fun, you dink." Or at least that's what the <laughs> translation is. But I want you to listen to this audio clip of him saying that, Mo, because I believe you can hear the director laughing in the background. As he's <laughs> so let's, just, let's just have a little listen. <laughs> You could absolutely hear him laugh at that. Yeah, I absolutely heard him. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it maybe wasn't the direct. I think what the guy the guy was just like letting loose and he probably was making it up as he goes, but have fun you dink was apparently enough to make somebody on that set laugh. I, I gotta but like tell you, you said, if if somebody said have fun you dink around me, I'd fucking laugh too. So that's like that's Jackson never shows up again. I don't know what he's supposed to represent or if it's a reference to something. But anyway, they just forget about him and the admiral says that they're counting on the captain and shakes his hand and the captain cosmotic goes, Admiral, I won't disappoint you admiral says he's one of the last old school heroes and he likes it <laughs> mo, mo we're i think we're 33 minutes into the movie <laughs> yeah it's what's deetland up to uh, deetland is angrily cleaning her house yes um <laughs> we get these uh, we get these kind of like um negative effect zap shots that happen off and on uh, and eventually, uh, she puts her fist through a table, completely yes. destroying it in one hit. Uh, yeah, she's she's pretty amazing. And then she hears a television report yeah. telling us about two other characters, Lady Dark and Lady Fear, who have escaped from a security wing where they were being kept after being captured by Captain Cosmotic. I suppose in the one day that he has been working. <laughs> yeah. So so he he manages to capture them, and they manage to escape. All in the course of the same day. 
Yes, and we yeah. see a reporter who had talked to them when they were first captured, and um, I think I remember. I remember, like I don't have notes. They push him to the ground and they yell at the screen, "You asshole! You dirty wanker! You dick on roller skates!" Yeah, I'm gonna say that again. You dick on roller skates. <laughs> and then they say, I think they're yelling at Captain Cosmonic, and they say they're going to rip open his ass, Mo. Which, by the way, it sounds pretty good to me. I was going to say, I'm down. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I actually thought, based on that, that mm-hmm. Dietland was becoming inspired by them and that she was going to become a bad guy. Sure. You know, because it reasonable. makes sense. It it makes sense. Like these these ladies are on there. They're they're screaming and and you know being all crazy, but awesome at the same time. You mm-hmm. know, so it makes sense. She ends up going into her bathroom, which she thoroughly destroys. It's yes. kind of fucking awesome. I, I, there's, I've never seen a scene where someone destroys a bathroom that I did not love. I yeah. love people fucking up bathrooms. Yeah, absolutely. And so she starts going through a transformation. Uh, we realize that she's wearing an outfit under her outfit, which is great. And she's wearing, and she's she's got a wig on, which we already knew anyway. You yeah. know, and she's, she's uh, blonde now. <laughs> yeah, she's blonde now. Uh, you know, the 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 bandage comes off of her nose, revealing the septum piercing. She puts on some <laughs> some awesome boots, and and she makes a declaration. She says this. Deep in his thoughts, this labor power bitch. <laughs> A lot of destruction there. Yeah, she yeah. said, Deatland is dead. Long, Long live, live power, power bitch. bitch. I love power bitch. This movie might have been better if it was a power bitch movie. I wish. Yeah, it should have been the power bitch movie for sure. You know, it's a much more interesting story, you know, like, I mean, Captain Cosmotic, you know, he gains his powers from, from the Lugosians, uh, but he's got this tragic weakness that fucks him over literally like five times in the movie, you know, And, and what happens with, with power bitch, she gains powers and she's awesome. The entire fucking movie. She's not perfect. But she's no, great. She's flawed. Like all of us are flawed. Um, Mo, I'm going to talk to Tilo, the director of this, just for a second. Tilo, buddy, watched a lot of your work. Captain Cosmotic, Operation Dance Sensation. I'm a fan. But you got to make yourself a power bitch spinoff movie. It's been how many years now? I mean, way too many. Uh, the, the, the the crowd, the crowd, the, the audience out there, the English-speaking world is clamoring for a power bitch movie. Let's make it happen. First, maybe do a translation of this movie so they could see that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> In fact, don't even do that. Just just license the one that fucking uh, Lars did, and then uh, and and throw him some money. Right? Lots of money, actually. So, yeah, exactly. It. Give him instead give of making him... him pay for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so elsewhere, uh, Doctor Oxer and uh, Gordon Rogers are. Uh, outside the military base, which has barbed wire covered fences. Right. They're looking for some kind of transportation and some means of moving the um the the core back to the ship. Uh which I which I confuses me 
because I thought the whole point of them bringing the Android and the teleporter Ray was to do Uh exactly that. But I realized later that no, that's just to get it onto the ship. Um, Tilo, I'm talking to you again. (laughs) You got to clean that lens, buddy. (laughs) 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 Got got a very dirty lens here in this scene. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they're, they're, what they end up seeing, and by the way, this is this stuff is great. I love the production value here with the military base and all sure. the soldiers and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also pouring rain during this scene, which probably was not their plan when they initially made it. But they see a truck, and it's full of barrels of toxic waste. Um, and we uh, see a woman, a soldier. She goes to tell, tell the admiral that the toxic waste has arrived. I guess he was waiting for a delivery. <laughs> uh, he comes out with an umbrella. And uh, and he salutes everyone, and they say the extremely dangerous toxic waste transporter has arrived. Then what happens, Mo? <laughs> I I oh my god! I love that it's extremely um, toxic waste, but there are no lids on any of the barrels. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> they were delivering it to Tromaville, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to make the New Jersey joke, yeah. But um, uh, what happens? Oh, yeah, so so uh, they, sh- they end up shooting the uh, the guard at the gate uh, and, and end up going in to follow the transporter in there. Um, and then we cut back to Gunther, back to Dean's yes. home. Yeah, right. Our favorite character, Gunther. He arrives Gunther, the, yeah, class at act. his house. He doesn't realize that things have changed. He starts calling her names immediately. Says that she sh- that uh, Dietland should bring him slippers. He goes, "Damn shit!" I said, "I'm home." Where is the damn bitch? I mean, really nasty stuff he's saying here. Yeah. I also like he picks up a beer and he goes, "After such a hard day's work, yummy beer." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Then he says he's gonna kick Dietland's ass when he sees her because. You know, he's a bad guy. I don't like him. I'm guy. wagging my finger. I yeah. you can't see it, but Dylan then arrives, or I should say, yeah, I was gonna say Dylan De- doesn't arrive. Power's dead. Arrives. Um, I love the fact that like the entire time, every time Gunther sees her after this, he's like completely immediately attracted to her. You know, <laughs> like he's still a, he's still a piece of shit. You know, and he's still yelling, you know, threats at her and whatnot, but. He does immediately say she looks good. (laughs) His immediate reaction when she says that this is retribution for 15 years of torment, he says, you look like a kinky slut. (laughs) Exactly. That was a bad move on his part because she beats the shit Kicks him right in the face. Yep. (laughs) Then she steps on his arm and breaks it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She fucks him up hard. Yeah. She throws um, him, she picks him up and throws him over the recliner. And then she says, if you ever enter the house again, I'll kill you. Trust me. Right. Then we go back to uh, Dr. Uh, this is Dr. Octa, that's right. And Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, and they're walking around the military base. The soldiers see them start shooting, but the bullets have no effect. They walk right up to the Admiral and demand the truck in the barrels and, um, Gordon says, he goes, what is toxic waste anyway? Something for your hair? 
Uh, and because they're so powerful, the Admiral tells the soldiers to guard the barrels, uh, but Gordon throws one of the soldiers, uh, who turns into a dummy, which is one of my favorite things in all of Microfunction movies. It's always great, yes. <laughs> and the doctor says to empty the barrels. Uh, one of the soldiers tries to stop him to get shot, but then they start tipping over the toxic waste, which that that's, <laughs> again, it's just a bunch of barrels full of toxic waste, and, and they just yeah, keep knocking them over. It's a bunch of barrels, a quarter full of toxic waste because I because I realize that they probably would have been too heavy to knock over had they been actually full. But I don't know if you noticed <laughs> or not. Yeah, each each barrel is 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 real. It's a, it's a quarter full, which is fucking hilarious. No no lids on any of them. Um, yeah, Gordon ends up start starts knocking them over, which affects nobody. Yeah, it doesn't really matter in the long like, run. I mean, like, just, this really should be instant death for anybody who, any human that's around there, but it affects no one. So okay. the doctor doesn't, Dr. Octo doesn't know how to drive. He says, uh, and he asks, like, how you're supposed to, and they just say, turn the key and drive. Right. So they make the soldiers load the empty barrels back onto the back of the truck, and Gordon and the doctor uh, are arguing about who, who's going to get to drive. And Gordon, by the way, very whiny character. The doctor says that he outranks him. And then Gordon, in order to deliver the keys to the doctor, punches through the admiral's back, out through his stomach, and hands the doctor the keys, which is very, pretty great. But again, very shocking cool violence. <laughs> yeah, very cool effect. Um, I So, yeah. So the admiral's not dead. We should mention no. that. Yeah, um, he didn't punch through his spine and out his stomach, but <laughs> yeah, like yeah, but you're he, right he punch- when he when he encounters the admiral later. Why doesn't he just heal him? <laughs> why does yeah, yeah? We're gonna we're gonna spoil this shit. <clears throat> Captain Cosmotic does not heal the admiral at all. I, <sighs> why doesn't Captain Cosmotic just go to the hospital? And heal everyone there. That that's you know that's what I'm saying. If I had a gun that would heal people, that's exactly what I would do. I'd be not like, me, buddy. Ten dollars a pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, then you'd be great. You'd be perfect down here in America. Oh yeah, wait, no, no kidding, right? No down down here, you'd be it'd be fifty thousand a pop. Hey, you know what? Supply and demand, buddy. That's what it means. Yeah. This is my libertarian streak fucking coming out on this episode of No Budget Nightmares. Hey, uh, just, work harder. You know, the opportunities are out there. God damn. Uh, <laughs> hustle my favorite hustle part, culture. My favorite part is Dr. Octor. He tries to drive away in the truck, but of course he's never driven before. So it's like really like awkward start and stop as he's trying to drive off. Yeah. Uh, back to Rex Guilty and Dr. Darm. They are setting up the extractor unit. Uh, and they say that it's almost ready. Um, the doctor, they're still worried about what happened to the woman that they shot with that ray. Yeah. And Rex specifically says... Do not mention it to the berator. <laughs> uh, then Dr. Octor shows up and asks how things are going. All the baddies are starting to get together into a group, which is good because shit's got to go down now. And shit starts to go down with Gunther again. What's Gunther up to? Um, well, so Gunther and Ushi uh, are uh, driving Gunther a and van. <laughs> Gunther and Ushi. Uh, yeah, they're 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 driving a van, and he's nervous about picking up a lot of money. Yes. Uh, yeah. He, he says, of course he, he says, says, "I hope I, we don't get robbed." I hope we don't get robbed, <laughs> which is just immediate foreshadowing. Um, Ushi asks him about his arm, and he's 
surprisingly forthright about what happened. You know, he tells the story in detail that Dateline, he's a Dateline dressed as a hooker and, and kicked his ass. Uh, but that's what happened. He fuck, he, she fucked his shit up. He does um, say that when he gets home, he's going to beat her left and right, which is, I mean, that I don't think is a very likely thing. Yeah. Happen. And he admitted that he thought the outfit looked kinky and Ushi took yes. offense to that. Yeah. Because ladies uh, are jealous. That's what we know. Yeah, yeah, we we know this is, is fact. Speaking um, of ladies, we yeah. get introduced once again to Lady Dark and Lady Fear, who are the sisters. Uh, they're just of hanging Satan. out. Yeah, they're just in a field with some guys, and they see the van with Gunther and Ushi uh, in it, and stop them. They shoot Ushi in a very bloody way. Um, and the van. I, I love that, the I love the fact that they're waiting for the car to drive by, but they're all outside the car, so it takes them like two <laughs> minutes to get into the car before they can finally <laughs> give chase. In the van, by the way, that Gunther is driving, there's soldiers in the back of it for some reason. Um, and Cards, so, I presume, yeah, the, the lady, dark and lady, fear. They tell their men to take the soldiers that were in the back of the van into the woods and shoot them. Then they pull Gunther out of the van. And what do they do to him, Mo? Uh, well, in the process of pulling him out of the van, they rip his arm off. <laughs> which is like, okay, that's something. It's, fu- it's funny because there's a suggestion that, like, there's no... The reason that the Belgosians needed to create a superhero is to combat the Injustice League because they're so powerful. But apparently they were already supervillains on Earth. <laughs> 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 anyway, Gunther's very upset about his arm uh, getting ripped off, so he starts yelling, and they shoot him. Yeah. Remember those soldiers, Mo, that were being brought into the woods to be I killed? Do. They are about to be shot by the ladies' men. But then Captain Cosmotic shows up. If you want to see this section, you can see it. I uploaded a little video clip onto our Facebook. He he does a lot of cool stuff. What does the captain do? He catches the bullets Yeah. Um, before they can hit the guards. And then he beats the shit out of the henchmen. It's pretty fucking cool. We cut back to Lady Dark and Lady Fair who go into the back of the van trying to get the money, but it's empty. I don't really understand what the fuck is going on with this money thing. They fucked um, up. They fucked yeah. up because Gunther and Ushi were on their way to pick the to money To get up. the money. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They were too early. Uh, Captain Cosmotic, he's pummeling one of the baddies. He has a fork. Um, oh, that's right. The, the captain gets forked into the dick, but then he... Steals the fork, throws it at the bad guy, and it embeds in his forehead with squirts blood, and then he punches the guy's head off. Yep. He punched his head off. (laughs) Um, The soldiers are very happy that the captain saved them, um, and then he he lets them get on with their day. I guess he could have asked them to help, I suppose, but instead of that, he goes back to the van, hides behind it, and tries to get the drop on Lady Dark and Lady Fair. They kick his gun out of his hand. <laughs> his response is to demand that they give it back to him. Um, yeah, and, they figure they point, his shit out super fast. Yes, they do. And they point their guns at him and they say, I think without it, you're just a sad little wiener. I love that he says, they ask her if it's important. He says, no, it's just that I'm attached to it. It's an heirloom. <laughs> Maybe this does take place in America. Uh, one of one of the uh, the ladies' goons are about to get the drop on a captain, but then Power... Wait, is her name Power Bitch? Yes, it is. Sorry, yes. I just got to make sure that I replaced the word correctly. But then yeah, Power Bitch, bitch arrives. 
Power Bitch arrives, breaks his neck, takes the gun, shoots the fuck out of... Now, who does she kill here? No, she, she shoots Lady, Lady Dark. Lady Dark. Mm-hmm. Like, shoots her like a hundred times. Yeah, it's only then, Lady Dark. And then Lady Fear runs off. Runs yeah, she away. just runs off, exactly. And then <laughs> Power Bitch blows Lady Dark's head off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Lady Dark is dead. Lady Fear is still alive. That's important, ladies and gentlemen. It was so important that I did not notice and got very confused once Lady Fair appears later on in the movie. <laughs> I, I, my, my big thing was I kept forgetting who was who. So I was really thankful when they killed Lady Dark because like, good, now I only need to remember one of their names. The, one of the real trouble troublesome aspects of writing notes about every single thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the meeting, Mo, between Captain Cosmotic and uh, Power Bitch for the first time. Um, and he says that she looks familiar. They, they walk both, together. Yeah, they arm both arm. comment about how the other one looks familiar, which I thought was funny. Yeah. So there's a, an immediate connection there. Um, they, they see Gunther on the ground without his arm. The captain asks if she knows him. She says she does, but I have to admit that's how I like him best. And he almost forgets to bring his gun with him. <laughs> yeah. Go back. It's a funny, it's a, it's a funny moment. Yeah, like they start walking off, and he comes sprinting back, and he goes, "Almost forgot the most important thing." <laughs> Especially because we find out later, like he feels useless without that gun, even though apparently he still has pretty significant powers. Um, yeah, but oh, he's not. At, I, I don't. I think he loses the power of invulnerability when he when he doesn't have the gun. So he's very much killable yes. <laughs> when he doesn't have the gun. So Dr. Octor is on a bullhorn. Uh, he's yelling at the others to fill the barrels with goo from the Earth's core. So yeah, they're doing it. They're getting the core of the Earth. Um, you know, they're keeping that plot point going. And in order I, to I take am care... Amaz- I am utterly amazed at how successful they are at this mission. They, they could have gotten away with it. They absolutely it, could have gotten away with it if they had just thought of one little thing and then... That's and that's it. I legitimately thought as the movie was ending that they were going to get away with it. <laughs> I like that up to this point in the movie, they do not seem to be aware that Captain Cosmotic even exists. Yeah, they don't give they a don't shit know. about it. Yeah. Right? They've created Power Pitch. <laughs> they have not even met Captain Cosmotic. Uh, so Captain Cosmotic and Power Bitch, recognizing that the fate of the Earth is at stake, they do what anyone else would do. They go to the movies. Yeah. They just go what? to the movies together. It's very, I mean, look, they had access to a movie theater. I get it. I understand. And so they are sitting there watching a movie. Mo, the what are they watching? Of, yeah, the Ballad of Bernhard in Bad Luck with a Mad Slut. Yes. Uh, listeners, if you would like, um, I will post the link to watch the entirety of the Ballad of Bernhard in Bad Luck with a Mad Slut, which is on YouTube right now. Um I did like a whole bunch of research. I was trying to find out what the fuck this movie was all about. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a short film. Um, and I had did have details about this, but apparently I forgot to put them into my notes. But it doesn't really matter. Uh, it it's just a short like micro budget movie that they've decided to put in the background at this movie theater during this scene. It's weird. It's apparently the sequel to the Ballad of Bernard with the bullet in the salad and the Ballad of Donald through the belly of the Bernard. Okay. German humor, Mo. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> not not known for their sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, I, which is funny because the movie looks like it's some weird stop motion slapstick, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, 
Maybe we'll cover that in a future no budget. No, <laughs> we not will fucking, not. Not fucking likely. No, I have uh, so already he, put that moratorium on fucking foreign films for a while. A <laughs> little bit of a break from the foreign films. Yeah. Uh, so he talks to her. He does a, a fucking unforgivable thing, which is he starts talking to her in the theater. Um, and he asks how long she's been a superhero. And uh, they, basically he says like his time being a superhero hasn't been that great. He actually says that his life was better before because he met a very nice girl. But becoming a superhero changed all that. And he also complains about the quality of the movie that they're watching. Well, she agrees, too. She calls it mediocre, which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, so while they're in there, Dr. Octor and Dr. Darm, they arrive in the theater and sit right in front of them in the empty theater. And she recognizes Dr. Darm because he's one of the people who shot her. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I got to give the doctor credit. He tells them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Captain Cosmotic, apparently another power he has is that he can get messages from his antennae and they start to sparkle and it's uh, the Admiral wants to talk to him. Of course, that was a surprise to me because I thought the Admiral was fucking dead because he got punched through his Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I thought I thought he was fucking dead too. So, so here I was thinking like, okay, it's somebody on behalf of the Admiral calling him. I still don't know what happened because even when he gets there the people who are there don't seem to know that he's coming so i don't know so he goes to the base uh captain cosmotic does and uh he talks to a female scientist named dr ingeborg and she says that there's not much they could do for the admiral he had to be stitched together quite badly he throws up easily and hallucinates and the captain says, that sounds really bad. So they go to see the admiral, and he just kind of has a few bandages on him. He seems pretty okay. Actually. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, it's 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 hilarious how the doctor's like, yeah, there's not much we can do for him. And meanwhile, this is in my notes where I'm saying like, you know, why isn't he shooting him with his healing gun? <laughs> I mean, that, look, that is on Captain Cosmotic, but it's also on the Admiral. He must know he has that power, too. You got to ask. That's all I'm saying. Right. Uh, the this, this squeaky wheel gets the grease, as we say in the, in um, North America. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there's the problem. They're not in yeah. North America. Yeah. that's the, <laughs> They're in the great US of A. Anyway, so the, the, the uh, Admiral tells Captain about the fact that the gravity on planet Earth is dropping. And 45 hours is all they have left because of the core of the Earth being taken out. I'm not sure if that's how that actually works. But I ain't going to dispute it. I don't know enough about it. No, that's 100% not how gravity works. Um, also, it sounds like you're the expert, Mo. I, I am. I did my own research. Uh, you know, a typical American did my own research. Um, there's also something wrong with this. Oh, there's 45 hours left until until gravity's gone and essentially the Earth is destroyed. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to spoil something later because it's relevant now. Okay. When Captain Cosmotic gets the Earth's core back, it's a two-day trip back mm. to Earth, which is longer than 45 hours. Yeah, but he was flying backwards, so it actually saves some time. Oh, that actually makes sense. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> that actually makes sense. It's the uh, the Ferris Bueller rule. Okay. <laughs> so the, 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 Admiral, the Admiral tells Captain Cosmotic that they have a radar image showing where the aliens oh, were wait, last no, no, seen. No. It's the Hulk Hogan rule. <laughs> 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 so I'm they sorry. have a radar... 
they have a radar image of where the aliens were last seen, and that's where the gravity is dropping. Yeah, and a then, radar image. He pulls out a folding map. It, it's just a folded, <laughs> it's a folded fucking map. And, and again, Captain Cosmonica asks the doctor, he goes, Doctor, is he going to make it? And she says, as you can see, his state is rather critical, but I think he'll manage somehow. Sir, you have the power of life or death in your hands. Literally. You can fix this. So uh, they shake. The, she shakes the captain's hand, and he leaves. Uh, we see Power Bitch arriving somewhere in a car. It's uh, oh, it's right next to where the the villains are trying to scoop out the Earth's core. Yeah, and and she has uh, this to say. That last little bit is you assholes. But what she was saying is, so that's what you were up to when you shot my horse and took my meadow, you assholes. She uh, she's a much more competent hero than Captain Cosmotic, but in this case, she is not good at keeping hidden because uh, what's the robot's name again? Bruno, is that correct? Yeah, Bruno. The Return of Bruno. Uh, we don't Bruce talk Willis about once Bruno. said. Um, she, she's discovered immediately by Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might've heard on the audio, by the way, that there's, for some reason in this scene, there's like a buzzing on the soundtrack the whole time. What are you going to do? It's not like you can re-record the audio. Right. Uh, yeah. so the, 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 the villains, uh, chase after her while Dr. Octor yells at them on his megaphone. Yeah. And if you're they, a member of the Facebook group, this is the scene where they're, uh, that I posted with the question mark subtitles. Um, yes, it, it, that's right, because they're just speaking gibberish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Lar- Lars did clarify that he thinks that he's just supposed to be speaking gibberish, uh, but it is, in fact, still just... I love the fact that he just put question marks for the subtitles. I thought that was fucking genius. So the they all chase her, the villains do, and they have their laser gun. They're about to beam her away. But then Captain Cosmotic shows up and um, they shoot his gun out of his hand. And then he runs away. And then they run into some young German guys, Mo, who look very late 90s. And they, I think one guy has two skateboards for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> very yeah. conveniently, one of them has two skateboards and the other one has a bicycle. Yeah, we should also mention that Rex comes dangerously close to shooting Captain Cosmotic with the same gun that he shot Power Bitch <laughs> with. And they fuck and they have to stop him, reminding him, You don't shoot humans with this gun, you idiot. Who else would he shoot with it? So why even have it? <laughs> exactly. Well, in case the in case they run into aliens or animals. Yeah. I guess the Lugosians might be around. So now we have Two of the villains are on skateboards, and one's on a bike. Captain Cosmotic is on roller skates. I like that Dr. Darm, he's like pointing his gun at the captain, and he says, got his sexy ass right in my sights. <laughs> <laughs> and Power Bitch has a car, so she's driving around, and so it's like a, it's a big chase scene. It's actually really impressive. I think they're all like driving around the roof of a building, which is dangerous and impressive at the same time. Yeah, they're at the top of a uh, of a, of a parking structure, like a yes, a parking, yeah. and which which we find out because Doctor Darm he <laughs> rides his bike backwards, but gets distracted and falls off the entire building, <laughs> which which creates a nice little sight gag later. Uh, so we have Rex Guilty. He's being chased by Power Bitch in the car. She gets out, and then he blows up the car, but it does not look good. But it's still... I mean, what are you going to do? You can't blow up a car. They don't have to Yeah, money. it's good enough. <laughs> uh, Gordon Rogers falls down. 
Um, Power Bitch and the Captain, they connect. He complains about losing his gun as well he should. And she complains about losing her car. And they both leave. Uh, Rex then helps Gordon up and he goes, my ass, he escaped me. And then we see Mo, someone in long boots, picks up the captain's gun. We don't see who it is. But it's pretty fucking it obvious is? who it is. It, well, I'll tell you, it wasn't obvious to me because as I mentioned Because you thought you, they uh, were dead. I had confused. I thought that one of the ladies had gotten shot and the other one got her head blown off. And so they were both dead. So I did, when this person, I'm like, who's this? I'm curious. And then she shows up later and I'm like, who is this? Even though it's a character I'd already seen. Look, folks, I have no explanation. I'm just, I'm paying very close attention. So uh, it, it must have been, I, all I can say is, I pay attention, so it must have been the filmmaker's fault. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, you pay much better attention to these movies than I do, but just not in this oh, one that, particular case. I was, I was like, is that your thought? Is that the end of the thought? Oh, no, there's an also. To it. <laughs> there's an also. <laughs> so uh, back at the captain's uh, house, he makes tea for Power Bitch, and, but she can see his clothes hanging, and she's starting to put like two and two together about his secret identity. Um, and he's still very upset about losing his gun. And she asks, why is it so important to him? And he says, without the gun, I'm nothing. This is what you were saying, that he basically is like powerless without right. the gun. Right. Well, that's what the Lagosian says to him at the beginning, was that if you lose this gun, you lose your powers. You yeah. Know? But um, but here's the thing. Um, why did he not go back to try to find the fucking gun? Oh, right. Yeah, because no one picked it up. You think he that would... You think they would, there at least have been a line, like, we searched the field for hours and couldn't right. find it or something something. Like nope. Nope. Um, so Dieter is, or Captain Cosmotic, is very upset to the point where he pulls off his mask. Oh, yeah, he, he even put, has a line here where he says he's worried that the bad guys are looking for it. Yeah, so you think, well, he's not the smartest dude in the world. So, no. Uh, so, so he pulls off the mask. He's Dieter again. He puts on his glasses. And uh, he goes, if I don't get back the gun, I don't want to be called Captain Cosmotic. And he does put his glasses back on, by the way. Oh, there, he, his glasses were already on. Yeah, under he, the mask he, 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 never, he never puts his glasses on. When he pulls the mask off, the glasses <laughs> magically appear on his face. It's one of my favorite running gags in the entire movie. So, of course, she recognizes immediately that it's Dieter, even though he doesn't know who she is. But before she can say anything, he just leaves in a huff, even though she's in his house. So that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the spaceship, Dr. Darm is somehow, even though we saw him fall off that building, is still alive. What's happening here, Mo? Um, (laughs) This is the sight gag I was talking about previously. He has a giant piece of metal stuck in his ass (laughs) and and they're trying to remove it, which they do you know, successfully. Uh, Dr. Octor <laughs> says, uh, asks who did this, and Gordon says, I was done. Where was that? Oh, that's the whole <laughs> This is the two of the fans, and these are held. Captain, the captain. Cosmotic, glaube ich. So that was Gordon saying that it was the guy from television, the captain. So they know about him from TV. Yeah. Captain Cosmotic. So, um, so, yeah, and they end up pulling the thing. That was the sound of the screaming in the background was a piece of metal getting taken. <laughs> a gigantic piece of metal, yeah. <laughs> and Octor says, like, we need to find a way to defeat him. Um, and then a woman shows up. Who is this woman, Mo, that I this didn't is, know in my this notes? This is Lady Fear. All right, I keep it in my brain. This is Lady Fear. <laughs> um, 
And she says that she has a way to defeat Captain Cosmotic. And Octor, at first, he's, like, very dismissive. He's like, listen, sweetie, that guy is ours. If you bluff, we'll cut you open. And then she shows him the gun. I don't know how she knows that without the gun, he's helpless. Um, but she definitely realizes it at this point. They they put to the, yeah her and Lady Dark put two and two together earlier when when they initially knocked the gun out of his hand uh, because remember they had asked him you know and he bluffed saying that it was an heirloom but they realized yeah they realized it's it important must, it must be more end. important than whatever so she says uh, she can help them with the gun but it's going to cost him. So Gordon doesn't trust her at first, and then she punches him in the face, and he changes his tune immediately because they're all <laughs> very weak. <laughs> but then we have an incredible moment, Mo. Dieter is very depressed about uh, losing the gun, not having his powers anymore, and so he ends up going to like a fair, right, like an outdoor <laughs> carnival. Yeah, and. We see a little, like, um, he's thinking about his past. We see a little montage. He's eating a gigantic cotton candy. And we hear this song. And this is in English, so we have to listen to a bit of it. Let's ha- let's hear what it sounds like. Don't want to feel this way. And I know I never will. Don't want to hurt this way. Really hope I never will. What do you think about this song, Mo? I could never hear it again and be fine with that. So, I mean, it's, the lyrics are terrible. It's also, very, it's very '90s, and it I sure is. Fucking hate '90s music. Yeah, you at this point you were like. When are they going to meld rap and rock together? <laughs> just a few <laughs> I more was, years. <laughs> I was so looking forward to new metal. You're just listening to the Judgment Night soundtrack again and again. It's like, why can't we have more of this? <laughs> uh, anyway, he's very upset and he's listening I do to love that, that song. soundtrack, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, our, uh, bad guys, they're all together, including Lady Fear, who is, uh, drinking with all of them at a bar. Um, and then Dieter comes in, still distraught, and he orders a lemonade. And they are at, openly talking about the gun and how useful it's going to be for them. Yeah. And they even tell Lady Fear that they owe her. Um, and, uh, we see Gordon take his drug and stuff as well to make sure he doesn't turn into the goblin. And Dieter eventually notices that they are there and recognizes who they are and gets very anxious. And he's like, there are those guys. And they brought the weapon with them. <laughs> and he goes over and what what happens? Well, he goes over to him. So I kind of just thought that maybe he would just grab the weapon real quick sure. and run. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. just sitting there. And he gains his powers back once he has his gun. So he would have his powers. No. But it would give away his secret identity, Mo. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's that. Um, I'm not... I, it was kind of genius. He, I mean... I in, mean in, I it's genius <gasps> in the fact that they're fucking idiots. How about that? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, he walks over and he asks if that's their spaceship being towed. Yeah. And... so. Th- Everybody manages to run out, including Lady Fear for some reason, who I thought would, you know, you'd think would stay behind or at the very least would bring the gun with her. No, she leaves it behind. He gets his gun back. He gets his gun back. They come back in. She's pissed. 
she blames them for fooling for it, even though she fell for it as well. And then they leave. But one very funny moment is as the, all the villains are leaving, there's a guy just playing pool and Gordon Rogers just punches him in the face. And then his opponent goes, you lost. <laughs> Back to the plot at hand, which apparently that was just a little interlude from. Uh, Dr. Octor is at the site where they're still getting the uh, core of the Earth. He says they're almost finished putting the Earth's core into barrels. Um, and he's t- he actually is telling them how proud of he- Proud of them he is. He's actually a better boss than some as well, Mo. Right? <laughs> um, and so they basically are, have everything packed up. And they say, and uh, Dr. Darham gets into the truck and he says, let's go to the spaceship. And then we're going to destroy the Earth. And uh, they all drive off. And the Captain Cosmotic himself arrives at the site. Looks at their vehicle coming his way through his binoculars. And he wonders openly where power bitch is. Though... Why wouldn't he have just told her about the fact that he has found his gun? I don't know. Maybe he, don't she know, was whatever. tough to track down. So he runs after them, uh, and he jumps onto the truck and starts throwing the barrels overboard. I f- I feel and- like you. I feel like you are like undervaluing how cool this scene was. What do you mean? I mean, it's still dangerous. They're on a moving vehicle. He does an amazing slow motion run up the front of the car (laughs) and then jumps to the bed of the truck. I mean, it looks all right, Mo. I mean, I'm glad they did it. Pretty fucking cool. I loved it. And yeah, he starts he starts tossing the barrels over. uh, Which is they're full of the Earth's core. Yeah, declaring the Earth's core stays here. The Earth's core, by the way, could fit in like a half dozen barrels. <laughs> yeah, that fit on the on the back of a tiny little transportation truck. One of those very German looking trucks, but it's in the USA, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the we see that the uh, Lady Fear is also driving in a car, and Power Bitch was hiding in her trunk the whole time. I don't know why. <laughs> then uh, she climbs up on top of the car, and there's actually some pretty you know good stunt work here. Is there? I fucking missed the fact that Power Bitch was in her trunk for a second. I had to go back, and I'm like, because she just showed up to me, and I'm like, where the fuck did she come from? So I went back, and I saw her come out of the trunk. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty fucking cool. (laughs) So we see, at one point, Rex, I know, picks up a vacuum. That's the, 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 yeah, the, the transportation beam. That's the transportation beam, right? Yeah. But he ends up getting thrown overboard, and a barrel falls on his head. He eventually finds Bruno the robot, and he says, we have to bugger off, so that'll become important in just a little bit. Um, and the captain and Gordon Rogers have a fist fight, but Gordon, even though we saw him have his drugs just a little while ago, he turns into the goblin thing, and then turns into a dummy after he gets thrown <laughs> off the vehicle, which I love once again. And... Um, Lady Fear has to stop her car because Dr. Darm gets thrown off as well. So we then, so the, the, the whole movie kind of moves over to what happens with Rex and Bruno. So they ran off. They're actually building, what are they building? They're building some sort of beam to get the rest of the core of the earth up to the berator. Is that correct? Uh, to get up to the ship. Um, they, yeah, to the ship. Yeah. So well, isn't the it, ship it, on earth still? <laughs> Yeah, 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 but they need, but they're that that was the whole point of them bringing that beam gun thing was to to beam the barrels onto the ship. Um, right. It doesn't make any fucking sense because I don't know why they need to transport it if they can fucking beam it there. But why didn't they move the ship closer to where they were digging? The that's barrels? the other thing too. I don't know. I don't know. 
But anyway, um, their yeah, plan regardless. is that they say they're going to they're going to beam up a barrel and then the berator will kiss their feet even if they stink. They say right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I thought like. <laughs> Like, didn't they need all of the fucking core? And hasn't most of it been dumped out at this point? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm uh, really. I'm not sure what's going on at this point. But yeah, they're they're, they're we know what the ahead. motivation is, right? Yeah. They're just they're gonna they're trying to be up the barrel on this end. Back at, with the other groups, Lady Fear and Power Bitch have guns. They're both kind of rapidly loading, like it's a fucking Robert Rodriguez movie, and they have a shootout. Um, and Dr. Durham is about to kill Power Bitch. And then Rogers, who's, again, a goblin, he runs over to help, but ends up knocking Dr. Durham down immediately. <laughs> Power Bitch kicks Rogers and uh, and Durham. And for some reason during this, I think the the film turns to 8mm. Like, the film gets really strange for a little while. I don't, I don't know what's know. up with that. Dr. Octor knocks Power Bitch down. And he has a sword, by the way, which we haven't mentioned for the entire movie because he hasn't really been using it that much. But it is important. He has a sword uh, and they finally capture her. So they get Power Bitch. I can't remember. What happens to Co- Captain Cosmotic during all this? I think he just disappears because we know he's going to show up at, with where Rex and Bruno are. Yeah. Yeah. He's just. Yeah. He's with Rex and Bruno. He, basically. He's chasing after him. So they're, that's actually what that, happens so, right here, basically. Right here. Right. So Rex and Bruno, they're just about finished building this thing to beam up the barrel. It's in a castle or something they're supposed to be in. They say there's just 60 seconds left. Then Captain Cosmotic shows up, and he... This is so great. He picks up Rex into the air, throws him at the wall, and knocks him unconscious. And then Bruno tries to shoot the captain with a ray gun, and then the captain just fucking destroys their machine. Like, he just rips it to fucking pieces. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I like that he that he takes about two seconds to try to shut it off, and then he's just like, fuck it, and just destroys <laughs> the thing. And Rex jumps at him uh, and misses, knocks himself unconscious almost again, and then the captain uses his weapon um, to make... He uses... He basically makes Bruno just, like, turn around and leave, and yeah. then the captain jumps up and hangs from a beam in the ceiling and kicks Rex. I mean, it's very, like, uh, 60s Batman in terms of the... The action for a second. Sure. And then um, uh, right up into the point where the captain kicks Rex out a window and then shoots him and he bursts into flames. Yeah, he <laughs> goes, he goes, he goes, what was, he goes, what was it again? Aliens and animals? And he tosses him out the window and shoots him on the way out. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. It is actually pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, so the captain grabs the barrel full of the Earth's core. Bruno is just walking into a wall again and again. By the way, uh, we did not make this clear. Bruno, yes, he is a robot, but he is just a guy in a not very convincing robot suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the field. Uh, in Germany, the field instead of the uh, instead of the forest is international waters, apparently. apparently. The is full of fucking fields there. He's back. The captain goes back to the field uh, where all the other, the, the remaining villains, I should say, are holding Power Bitch hostage. Uh, the captain throws the barrel that he has at Dr. Darm. He steals Dr. Octor's sword and he cuts <laughs> off Gordon's head. <laughs> Remember, it's a goblin head. He cuts off his head and then he throws the sword to Power Bitch, but Dr. Darm catches it instead and he throws it to Dr. Octor. And uh, we, we actually do get a line from the severed head of uh, Gordon Rogers. He basically was just saying, oh, no, what have you done? Um, yeah. And uh, so so they have, I don't know why he's so upset. So Dr. Octor has the sword. He has Cosmotic at his mercy. And uh, so 
Remember I was saying before about how this movie kind of jumps around in terms of tone? It's been a little while. We just, I mean, we saw uh, Gordon's head get cut off just a moment ago, so we shouldn't be surprised about violence. But what happens now? (laughs) Um, I believe... Dr. Octor has a sword. He's holding it at, at Captain Cosmotic. And what does Captain Cosmotic do to fight against the sword? I don't remember. Well, I'll tell you, Mo. He rips out the spine of Gordon's body. Oh, right, body. right, 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 right. <laughs> he rips out Gordon's spine and uses it to sword fight. <laughs> uh, and then Octor, as they're sword fighting, um, he uh, he grabs Cosmotic's gun and says, you're no superhero, and kicks him to the ground. And Dr. Darm is about to kill Cosmotic, but then... Turns. He turns on Octor. He says, "Your mission is stopped, Octor. I'm just doing it for the uh, for the booth. What does he say? Booty. I don't know if you have the line there. Yeah, he says oh, yeah, he wants I'm just the doing booty. it for the booty. Yeah, he wants the booty because all for himself. What we find out here is Doctor Darm and Lady Fear has have have teamed up together. So Do- so Lady Fear and Doctor Darm they shoot Doctor Octor and kills him. And also <laughs> when they shoot him, we we discover that he was a robot the whole time. There's there's a great moment that I think is unintentional, but it made me laugh every time it happened. Um, I I don't know if this is something that was done intentional, but Doctor Octor keeps screaming Darm's name, and every time right. he does, there's crows in the background and they call really loudly. <laughs> that is actually pretty funny, and I don't I don't think it's intentional, but it's fucking hilarious and i died laughing every time yes and we find out that dr octor is in fact a robot he actually spits out milk just like uh the alien robot um (laughs) in the movie alien i should say but i like that dr darm his response is just great our boss was a fucking robot (laughs) 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 so darm and lady fear they take off gordon's head is still there he's still yelling at them to come back um and Power Bitch, she gets together with the captain, and they try to follow Dr. Darm and Lady Fear to the spaceship. But then we see, Mo, the ship takes off, and they see the captain and Power Bitch still on the ground, right? Right. They try to shoot him with a laser, but he doesn't know how it works. Yeah. And they actually end up shooting a car, which flies into the sky instead. <laughs> um, and so, like, Lady Fear is, is because she's probably mourning her... Uh, partner, she tells uh, the doctor to kill Power Bitch, and he says, "Fuck Power Bitch, let's drive off." So Mo, they drive off, <laughs> right? They they they're gonna go and see the Berator and get their reward and all that shit. Yeah. Um, and they're about to go. Power Bitch says that they have to do something because they have the Earth's core. I don't know how they do because is there more of it on? I don't understand. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Captain, Captain Cosmotic says, has has the vacuum beam ray thing, and he says he has an idea. So is the idea that they're going to beam themselves onto the ship, even though it's taking it's taken off? Yeah, like that must be how they got on there. We mm-hmm. never see it. I was very no. confused. I mean, I knew that the beam could work, but I figured once the ship had taken off, it was too late to beam onto it. Yeah, I kind of figured that was the case too, but you know, that that's why I said for a while I thought they just got away with it. I was like, that's pretty impressive, you know. Um <laughs> I also like the fact that they set the autopilot to the planet Karloff. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> which which is where we find out is that that is the planet that the Berator is on is Karloff. So Karloff. Yeah, it's it's not Castle Grayskull. It's Karloff. <laughs> yeah. 
So they go. They go to the planet uh, of, of Karloff, and they go to Castle Grayskull once again, and they bring in a barrel as proof that they have the piece of the Earth's core. Uh, and inside the castle, there is the Berator has left a sign saying that he'll be right back. And Darm is kind of pissed about this because he wants like to get everything going. Yeah. Um, el- elsewhere in the Castle Grayskull, Lady Fear is looking around, and she finds the Berator. What's up with him? Well, he's been beheaded, and yes. his head is put on a on a spike. Yeah. Um, we find out that the uh, the new metal hair chick did it. Right. Uh, he tells them yeah, to leave. Also, yeah, he says he doesn't he doesn't need their score anymore because he's been decapitated. Right. <laughs> she looks confused and upset. Um, Darm then looks around the castle. That the woman, like you said, the one with the horns, the the bald new metal one. Yeah. Uh, he asks her where the berator is. And she says, get the Earth's core and insert it into the reactor. He says he wants the reward, but then she knocks him down and demands the Earth's core. So she's revealing that she's kind of the big villain <laughs> fighting with the other big villain of the movie who is assisted right. by the lady villain. Lady yeah. Uh, so what happens villains. now, Mo? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have a back and forth between Lady Fear and the... Uh, I wish they gave her a fucking name. Um, <laughs> just call, call, call her the bald lady. <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I called her the assistant because she was the assistant of the berator. So yeah, let's call it, well, my, assistant. I have I have her called new metal hair through the entire all of my notes. So okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, we got a back and we got a back and forth between Lady Fear and the bald chick. Um, that ends with. Uh, them both pointing guns at each other's necks. It's actually pretty cool. Like, like they're like she has the the spear and it gets knocked away, and then yeah, yeah, she yeah. gets a gun, and then the other one gets her other gun, and yada yada. And we we realize uh, once they pull the trigger that both guns are actually empty. Yeah. Uh, like they're they're not loaded. So now we you know now we have a good reason to have seen her loading guns really fast before, because exactly. it's all it's a matter of how fast they can load these guns. Um, and one so person lady, can load faster than the other. <laughs> yeah, and Lady Fear gets it gets it loaded super fast and blows the hell out of uh, New Metal Hair's head. Yeah, so she kills her, uh, blowing her head off. And then Dr. Darm, uh, he shows up and asks uh, Lady Fear where the Berator is. She says that he's dead. Well, he's not really dead. I mean, he's just decapitated. Yeah. And the uh, and the bald woman did it. Um, and he, I think he says, like, it seems our little animalistic friend was obsessed with power. But anyway, uh, speaking of being obsessed with power, the fucking <laughs> doctor, he has a thing called an atom injector. And what the Berator was apparently going to do is he was going to absorb the Earth's core with it. And, like, inject it into himself to make himself super powerful. Yeah. So he tells, the doctor tells Lady Fear to get the Earth's core and put it into the reactor. And he's going to do some experiments. Like, the movie was moving at a very kind of fair clip at this point. All this villain stuff just, like, stops the movie fucking cold. Because you're just waiting for, like, the captain to show up again. Um I, so I legit did not think he was going to show back up at this point. I was confused. When he shows up, I'm like, how did he get here again? <laughs> right. Yeah, you have to like really think about it. Uh, which is not our strong suit, to say the fucking least. Uh, so they, they put the, the lady fear is putting the Earth's core into the thing. And then she gets punched by Captain Cosmotic, who says, uh, stop playing games. Give back the Earth's core right now. And Dr. Dharma is very upset about it. Uh, he says that their weapons are useless, and then Power Bitch is there as well, and her and Lady Fear, they have a fight. 
Uh, and then Durham fights Captain Cosmotic. This is where the smoke uh, gets... He's like blowing smoke at him. And I think that Dr. Durham says that he's immune to heat. I don't know what's going on with some of this stuff, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's weird. The Lady Fear ends up stabbing Power Bitch. And she goes, that's for my sister, you bitch. Um, and then Power Bitch falls down and gets unmasked. But of course, they don't know who she is. So fucking Lady Fear just says, who are you? Um <laughs> While this is happening, Captain Cosmotic has gotten his head somehow stuck in a pipe, and Dr. Darm is just <laughs> punching him until the pipe falls off his head. And then Dr. Darm says, now it's time for my super weapon. And I, what happens here after he says, now it's time for my super weapon? Um, There's so much editing that happens here. Yeah. I had trouble like working out what the fuck was going on. So, foam gets sprayed... Yes. At Captain Cosmotic that I believe he deflects back at Dr. Darm. That's the only thing that makes sense. Disfigures him. Yes. he. So Dr. Darm, who of course is wearing a, a metal mask, he takes it off and his face is all melty. Um, and the captain reaches, tries to pick up his gun, but uh, Lady Fear, she grabs it first. She knocks him down. Um, but then Darm gets the gun from her. And she turns the Adam thing on, and she says to him that he looked better before because he's all melty, and right. he says this. Besser ausgesehen hast du übrigens auch schon mal. Gut, ich weiß, ich bin hässlich, aber dafür mächtig. He says, I know I'm ugly, but now I'm powerful. By the way, his melted face is just like a rubber mask on his it's, face. It looks really <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. Uh, so um, the Captain Cosmotic puts a blade to uh, Lady Fear's neck. Darren says he doesn't care about her and he shoots the foam at her and her face gets partially melted and she tries to shoot Dr. Darm, but her bullets have no effect on him. And like the editing is just wild as hell. I don't know what was going on most of the time during this part. Yeah. Um, and, and then he shoots her uh, Lady Fair and kills her. Uh, Power Bitch, who had been stabbed, she wakes up and uh, Darm very not intelligently throws Captain Cosmotic's gun into the reactor where Power Bitch is. And the captain gets all chained up. Power bitch uh, wakes up, tells Darm that he's miscalculated. And then uh, her mask is taken off. So now the captain recognizes that she's actually Dietland, Though things are very busy right at the moment. So he can't really do anything about it. Yeah. She frees him. But Darm is now the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, but... But, but he's like... But Power bitch yeah. has the controls to the machine that... That he's in. That he's in. And yeah. he's, it's like a box that he's inside. Yeah. And so so he's she, like, sh- she he's shuts like it off. Yeah. Yeah. So she shuts it off. And then Lady Fear, who is somehow still alive, gives him an overdose of power, I guess, from the Earth's core until he explodes in this box thing. Right. And then Dr. Darm wakes up and he's like, at first he's like, oh, I'm okay. That's weird. But then he <laughs> picks up the box that's covering up his bottom half and he is literally just a torso. He has he, no... He, is. <laughs> he has no bottom half anymore. It's funny. He even says, this must have been my worst accident yet as he's like picking up his guts. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that it's the same um, it's the same torso that they used for, for Gordon... <laughs> When when <laughs> when they tore his spine out, I'm like, that's fucking great. I love it. If you if you got it, flaunt it. Yeah, uh, man. If you got it, use it. I mean, fuck. Why why not? 
And then Castle Grayskull, it explodes. And somehow, <laughs> while that was happening, the captain and power bitch uh, get onto the spaceship. Um, and the captain learn how to fly it and get away. Learn how to fly it and barely get away before their the entire planet Karloff explodes. It looks bad, but I love how much it looks bad. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. I like how the immediate thing that happens after they take off is that Captain Cosmotic vomits from the stress and everything. That just <laughs> oh my god. So uh, the captain, so basically we're, we're into the final moments. The captain calls the admiral at the hospital, says that the Earth's core has been saved and the world is saved. And, and the, the admiral doctor... salutes the camera and calls him the last action hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, his, he, he, he removes his mask, she removes her mask, and she says that they have two days before arriving back and she starts kissing him and we see the ship flying through space. With the song, that fucking terrible song from the the fair playing, <laughs> and it goes into the credits, Mo. And I have to say, what I really loved as it goes into the credits is each character. We see them removing their makeup and showing what they actually look like in real life, and right. I thought that that was a really really nice touch. Yeah, that was cool. And, and all through the closing credits, Mo, we hear the Captain Cosmotic song uh, once again playing. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Lars was nice enough to actually translate the lyrics of the song, which maybe I'll include when I post it on the uh, on the Patreon as well. Mo, what is notable about the closing credits? I don't know. You think I fucking watched the closing credits? I was. <laughs> I was. I was, I was so a super cut of you saying I did not watch. The yeah, like seriously, like for real. How many fucking movies that we've covered that I have not watched the? I know I didn't watch the fucking credits for this. I. I was so ready to be done with this movie by the time we got there that, yeah, I shut that shit right off. So feel feel free to tell me what's notable about the credits. There's nothing particularly notable about the credits, which are in German. (laughs) Um, However, Mo, there's a post-credits scene. Yay. (laughs) There's more. You did not watch it. In fact, let's stop the podcast. You go finish up the movie and you come back here and tell me what you thought. Uh, I'll I'll spoil it for all of our listeners. Uh, it after the end of the credits, it cuts back to um, the goblin Gordon's head, which is still in the field. It's snoring, and blood is shooting out of his neck, and that is the end. Mo, that was 1998's Captain Cosmotic. Yes, it was. A lot fucking happens in that movie, Mo. It's it's one of the most dense movies I've ever seen there's so much shit going on and while that's great to watch especially with like these micro budget films because we all know that these movies can get notoriously dull with like long sequences of nothing happening i do really appreciate how densely packed this movie is but taking notes on it in german <laughs> oh my god like it would this was a, a slog it was a chore you know now i'm gonna straight up say i enjoyed the fuck out of this movie like, i think it, it's a really really good very very entertaining really movie. really fun in fact and i would i think if we sometime in the future we should you know with permission 
um, you know, do a uh, do a a, a, str- a screening of this since most people don't have the option of seeing it. I think you know it. We'll try to figure something out. Yeah, no, I to think get it out idea. there. I think it's a great idea to do something like that uh, because this is a really fun movie, and I think people, I think more people should see it. I think it's a lot of a lot of fun. I will say this, just to be like accurately critical outside of the fact that it was annoying to take notes for. Yeah. I don't think a lot of the humor works in it. I think a lot no, of the interactions between the villains is just really silly and not fun or not yeah. interesting or clever. But you can tell so much effort went into like all the props and, and like the there is a consistent style to the whole thing, which I really love. And everyone seems to be having a really good time. It's just that some of the characters are meant to be purposely annoying, but they just end up being generally annoying. Yeah. So I'm thinking specifically of um, Gordon Rogers, who is a very annoying character. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah I don't I didn't like Gordon. Um. Although I thought Rex was really funny, I thought Rex had a lot of great moments. Um, you know. Dr. Darm was interesting, uh, you know, especially with the twist at the end. Uh, oh, you're ranking I, I, the villains? <laughs> huh? You're ranking the villains? Now? I'm ranking the villains, man. <laughs> you know, and I, and interesting what ha- what ended up happening with Dr. Octor, you know, like how that's supposed to be a huge twist and it's really just kind of a, a wet fart. Like it's, it happens and then it's like, who fucking cares? Yeah, it's also very much like one of those Deus Ex Machina's because it's just like that would have been the end of the movie except a very unexpected turn that just ends up you know it's it's yeah. not as satisfying as it probably should be right. um, and also because we don't actually hate any one villain more than the rest they're just no. all villains right yeah <laughs> Mo that is 1998's Captain Cosmotic as we've mentioned several times yeah listeners you can probably find a copy of this movie if you look really hard but you will not be able to find it with subtitles so unless you are a German uh, a speaker or understander, uh, you won't be able to know what's going on. But no fear, we just spent way longer than the fucking runtime of the movie going through everything that happens in it. So just listen to us, put us on while you're watching the movie, and you'll know uh, everything there is to know about Captain Cosmotic. Mo, we don't usually, on this podcast, announce what we're going to be covering on the next episode. But I thought, since it's been a bit of a break... Yeah. And because we've been trying to get to cop, I mean, ever since really our f- first returning episode, we mentioned that, oh, Captain Cosmotic is coming because we know we owed it. Yeah. So now that that is officially in our rear view, Freedom! I thought we needed to get back. We needed to get back to a classic no budget nightmares feature. Yeah. And I gave you a list of five Mo to choose from. And those five are. Moonchild from 1994, directed by the great Todd Sheets. I love you, Todd Sheets, but no. Frightmares from 1997, <laughs> directed by Todd Jason Falcon Cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> L.A. AIDS Jabber from 1994, directed by Drew Gadiris, uh, available in a special edition from Visual Vengeance, I believe. Black Devil Doll from Hell from Chester Noble Turner, because somehow we've uh, we've done. Uh, What's it? Quiet Ed Zone, but yeah. not Black Devil Doll. Right. And the last one is Gourmet Zombie Chef from Hell, directed by Don Swan from 1986. Mo, 
We will watch Moonchild. I, I hear you. Say. We are definitely not watching Moonchild. <laughs> that you know, it's funny. I I specifically said to you when you sent me the list. I said I said I'm pretty cool with most of these. I just I don't want to watch Moonchild. You know, and I don't Moonchild even have anything is available to watch on Tubi. By the way, yeah, and it's like and like honestly, I don't really necessarily have anything against Moonchild. It's it's a pretty it's it's a pretty okay movie. You know, but it's it's not it's not amongst Todd's best. Um, no, I, I, I gave it a, a modicum of thought <laughs> and, uh, by the way, yeah. listeners, I do not know what he's about to choose. All I yeah, know is no what idea. he told me before we started recording is that the answer is not Moonchild. Yeah. That's the only thing I've said is that it's not Moonchild, but I have given it a little bit of thought and I would like to cover, uh, Black Devil Doll from Hell next. You heard it here first, listeners, on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares. It's 1984's Black Devil Doll from Hell, and God help us all. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, if you want to check out more episodes of the No Budget Nightmares podcast, we have a huge archive over at nobudgetpodcast.com, and you can subscribe on your podcast provider of choice. You can leave us a review. We would love that. You could spread the word. I'll tell you what, listeners... If you're one of those freeloaders who won't even give us a dollar on Patreon, the least you can do is give us a positive review. Forget I said freeloaders when you're doing that. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, just uh, spread the word a little bit. Tell people that you're enjoying it. Or if you didn't enjoy this episode, just say that it was a non-standard episode and generally we're good. <laughs> Uh, and even better, why don't you go over to Facebook and do a search for No Budget Nightmares and join our Facebook group. We are very close to having a 1,000 members, uh, and there's always lots of interesting people on there. Some of the filmmakers that we've talked about on this very podcast and we talk to sometimes, they pop in from time to time. It's a really nice community over there. Uh, Mo, where can people find you? They can't. They can't. <laughs> I, I don't have I don't have a Twitter anymore. I don't use it. Um, I'm not on Blue Sky or any of those alternatives. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't really stream anymore. Um, I mean, really, here I'll t- I'll tell you what. If anybody is interested, I have a Discord, and we have a Discord. Uh, I, oh, right. I will if if anybody's interested in in joining up with either my personal one or the group one. You know, hit us up in in the Facebook group or message me directly. You know, it's Mo Von Helvita. Um, good luck spelling it. <laughs> um, and Mo's over in the Facebook group as well. I mean, yeah, I'm in the fine. Facebook group, so it's it's pretty easy to message me. You know, and I'll happily send send invites for either of those. You know, especially if you like professional wrestling, because every Wednesday and Friday we get together to watch AEW. So, you know. Since our last episode, we did. Uh, I did do a screening of three micro-budget movies on uh, our Twitch channel, and it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, we watched some a real wild selection of movies. Is that the one? I, is that the one I was involved in? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that you attended. Yeah, that watched, was uh, that was a lot of fun. I was just gonna say that the, the movies ranged in quality to say the sure, fucking least. sure, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was a great time, and I'm hoping that we can do another one of those before I'm leaving for Newfoundland at the end of December for uh, a week and a half or so. Hoping to maybe at mid-December, late December, uh, I'll uh, I'll try to do another one of those, and we'll watch a couple of movies together. If listeners are interested and you want to find all the details, well, you can do it through the Patreon, of course, but you can also just join the Facebook group because it's open to all. Right. 
Mo, I think we've done it. I think we've said all that can possibly be said about I, Captain Cosmo. I got to tell you, man, after the, <laughs> after the fucking day I've had, uh, like, the, I'm so spent right now. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm not like, like, I'm awake, but like, my brain is mush at this point. <laughs> a perfect situation to get a start on Black Devil Doll from hell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a perfect starting point. <laughs> listeners, we hope you enjoyed our discussion on Captain Cosmotic. We're going to be back very soon with Black Devil Doll from Hell in the year 2024. Good Good night, everybody. Jeder kennt die Superhelden, ein jeder kennt James Bond. Doch jetzt erscheint ein neuer Stern am Heldenhorizont. Er ist ein echter Superstar, er ist ein cooler Typ. Die Frauen sind verrückt nach ihm und jede hat ihn lieb. Captain Cosmotic ist unser neuer Held. Er rettet den Planeten, er rettet unsere Welt. Er macht zu Ruhm und Ehre und niemals nur fürs Geld. Das ist der Grund, warum uns Herr Cosmotic so gefällt. Jagt er einen Schurken, kommt dieser nicht sehr weit. Cosmotic fängt ihn immer in der Sendezeit. Er ist ganz furchtbar kräftig, ist ganz enorm gebaut. Er ist der Typ, der jeden Bösewicht ganz furchtbar haut. Captain Cosmotic ist unser neuer Held. Er rettet den Planeten, er rettet unsere Welt. Er macht zu Ruhm und Ehre und niemals nur fürs Geld. Das ist der Grund, warum uns Herr Cosmotic so gefällt. Cosmotic und die Powerwitch sind ein ganz tolles Team. Sie kriegen wirklich jeden und keiner kann entfliehen. Ob Laser, ob Pistole oder bloße Körperkraft. Die beiden sind ein Team, das wirklich jeden Schurken schafft. Captain Cosmotic ist unser neuer Held. Er rettet den Planeten, er rettet unsere Welt. Er macht zu Ruhm und Ehre und niemals nur fürs Geld. Das ist der Grund, warum uns Herr Cosmotic so gefällt. La 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 Captain Cosmotic ist unser neuer Held. Er rettet den Planeten, er rettet unsere Welt. Er macht zu Ruhm und Ehre und niemals nur fürs Geld. Das ist der Grund, warum uns Herr Cosmotic so gefällt. La 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 la